On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick will be talking with the talented at Bud Futu of Blue Harvest Studios on Instagram. Find out what it takes to become a studio quality Star Wars diorama maker by tuning in. After they talk with Jay, they'll dive into the week's topics, which include the red-hot story about Gina Carano getting canned, a slew of future Star Wars video game updates, yes, it looks like another classic game is getting a remake, and they'll also discuss the latest Vader comic breakdown. They'll touch on Ray Park's latest IG posts that don't involve his member while showing off a new must-buy Mando hot toy. Finally, they'll wrap with this week's fan question about the best female in Star Wars in this week's version of the Top 5 Plus One Fan Artist Feature of the Week. Punch it, Chewie. Everybody, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And if you're watching live, then you know something isn't as it usually is. And that's, well, we got two things going on this week. One, we're dealing with some Mother Nature over here in the States. That's why my man uh, Nick is not below me for this interview. With the other new addition to the show you're seeing right now in Mr. Jay Haywood, a.k.a. at Bud Futu, a.k.a. Blue underscore Harvest underscore Studios on Instagram. That's right. It's time for another Star Wars Time Show artist interview session stream day, something like that. So uh, welcome, Jay. Glad to have you. Uh, I, I I know you kind of reached exactly. reached out after the Blainer Things interview. And we, uh, of course, want to get you on there because at least to me, at Haywood Pop on Instagram, and and I know other people in the toy photography community, we all kind of look at you as one of the diorama-making gods out there. Um, so, again, thank, thanks for coming on. I, I know it's it's super early in the morning where you're at. That's why we are doing the show uh, a few hours earlier than usual on a Tuesday. Uh, but we wanted, to, we wanted to try to get Jay on here to, to talk about you know what he does in this hobby uh, learn a little bit more about him and, and what goes into his creative processes and the, in the art that he makes both in the form of toy pictures and his uh, toy dioramas which uh, if, if you've seen him out there we will see a few uh, on, on today's interview I've got uh, uh, Jay's p- uh, page pulled up right now his at Bud Futu page but we'll also be checking out his Blue Harvest page as well all right so first and foremost as you can see jay and i are are related somehow he is a brother haywood uh our haywoods are spelled the correct way right h-e-y not the h-a-y type of stuff uh and it is jay you are you are tradition you are from the uk correct yeah that's right yeah from um from london yeah, I've heard that the Haywood name is very uh, British in nature. I've never, you know, paid for ancestry to figure out exactly how my Haywood strand ended up on the uh, United States. But it's always good to see a brother Haywood because I don't know about you, but th- th- there's a lot of H A Ys, a lot of H E words. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, but not and the Haywards. Yeah, the Haywards. Yeah. A lot of people don't know how to, to just uh, interpret our very simply spelled name. It, it turned Hayward, Hayworth, Haywood, Hey you, Hey would you blow me? I don't know if you ever got that one, but that was fun in high school. So, uh, welcome to yeah. well, welcome to the show, Jay. Uh, I personally a big fan of your work, as as like I said, most people are. Uh, and like I said. Nick is down in Texas, and if you're in the States right now, we've been going through some uh, hellacious winter weather. And in Texas, even though they think they're super tough, you know, they can secede from the union at any time. uh, They're they're drowning in some snow and cold weather right now. So he's trying to unthaw his hot water heater. Uh, Maybe he'll call in later for the rest of the show. But for now, it's me. And it's at Bud Futu, and we're going to learn a little bit more about what makes Jay tick in terms of his passion for Star Wars, which I'm assuming he has considering the art he produces, as well as what he gets into uh, with said art. So, uh, Jay, first and foremost, we were kind of talking offline. Uh, Can you explain? You know, you're from the UK, but as you said to me, you've been stuck in another part of the world now for it seems like almost a year so before we get into kind of yeah. your bio and your Star Wars background, where the, where the hell are you and why are you stuck there? Well, um, <clears throat> originally from the UK, as you said, but um, I actually live in Australia. Uh, I've been there for 15 years. Um, and then my wife and I decided we wanted to go traveling around Asia. So we uh, packed up our stuff with our three kids and um, – Went off to Asia, um, and we've been here 14 months so far. Um, we've only been traveling for perhaps two and a half months, and then we arrived in Malaysia, um, and then arrived on this uh, little island called Langkawi. Um, and the day we arrived, the, uh, the corona virus hit. Um, and then we've been stuck here ever since. <laughs> so how, I mean, how has that been? I mean, obviously, like, like you said, you were getting ready, you're going on a big family travel trip and then the, the, the death of 2020 hits. I mean, how, how do you, how do you deal with that as a family on the road, being in a country you, you may have never been to? I mean, what, what's that been like being, being stuck in Malaysia for almost a year now? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, me and my wife are both travelers, um, we went traveling around Asia 20 years ago, um, obviously before kids. Um, so we used to that kind of traveling thing. And as I said, we moved from the UK to Australia. Um, but it's been fine, you know, um, we're just not visiting many places. We're just stuck in one place now. Right. Um, as I said, we're on a, a, an island, tropical island of, I think the population is maybe 80,000. Um, it's a duty free island. Um, so we're just, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and- if, if you're going to get stranded somewhere during all this, an island sounds like a pretty damn good place to, to kind of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, d- despite the, uh, the coronavirus, obviously it's affected 99% of the population of the world in some way. Um, it's actually benefited us. Um, as I said, we're stuck here. I've had to start building dioramas to bring in money yeah. to support us. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of living a dream, you know, just, uh, <clears throat> you know, diorama building, unless you're pumping out hundreds a week, it's hard to, I think, to live on, um, especially in sort of 
expensive places to live like the UK or Australia. Yeah, it is it um, is kind of a, a niche niche business, right? You, you got to find the right community, yeah. which I, I think you I mean, luckily we've got that on Instagram, but it's still, it's not a, a traditional business where you, you, you may have orders coming in every single day, nonstop for a year or two. That's straight. right. You know, yeah, you, you know, you have to, you have to fight for yourselves, you know, you have to put yourself out there and sell, but because of the exchange rate over here in Malaysia, um, it's very cheap to live. So by selling my dios, I'm able to survive over here. And, you <laughs> you're, know, you're, you're like a millionaire, and, right? Oh. Yeah, you sell a you sell a dio, and you, yeah, you can essentially buy a mansion yeah. in Malaysia. I love it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, that's it. You know? Really, um, really stretching your coin. Nice. Yeah, well, you know, we're, we're living in a three bedroom house with a pool. You know, we've got a car for rent, and um, yeah, selling dios is putting food on the table. And uh, excellent. Yeah, in, so well, I mean, yeah, pretty fortunate for for the situation. I mean, it sounds like you you all have made the best of it, and you're you you know kind of kind of living your best life right now, or or what you can when when you're dealing with a pandemic like this. So uh, glad you're safe. Glad the dios are are helping to keep the the Haywoods going down there. So, you know, let, let's kind of get into to, to the Star Wars, right? I mean, this is the Star Wars time show after all. Uh, cl- clearly, Jay is is into the franchise, as are most people that I would assume are listening to the show would be. Uh, so, so Jay, I mean, is it is it like the rest of us? I mean, can you trace your Star Wars fandom all the way back to your existence? Or is there a point in time? Uh, I mean, I don't know how old you are, but is there a point in time in your life where you're like... I, I really like this shit. I like this galaxy that is far, far away and, and I'm going to let it kind of shape who I become. Well, yeah, I'm a, I'm a 77 boy. I was born in 77. All right. Um, the first movie I see was, uh, I think return of the Jedi at the movie theater, uh, in 83, um, had all the, obviously the Kenner toys and just been a, fan ever since you know um yeah just fan you know uh collecting um back in the 90s you know oh yeah uh, in the 80s yeah you're you're from the uh you're from the 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 original era as i like to say like like the rest of us those those born in the you know obviously before the movies and those born in the early 80s i was an 80s kid uh like you my first movie was was jedi in the theater uh, do you remember what started your fascination with Star Wars? Was it a was it another family member, or was it just you? You, you know, you, you might have saw it on the news or all the hysteria around the original movies opening, and then Empire in eighty. Uh, how? how uh, what? What kind of? I just remember seeing Star Wars. It was just there, you know, just slap in the face. It was just <laughs> growing up. You know, I mean, I was six when I see Jedi, and got the toys for Christmas and birthdays and. It was just there and it's just never left, you know. Um, it's, you know, I've always been a collector, you know, especially as I said in the sort of 90s, collecting the art of Star Wars books, um, uh, models and statues now, and if, toys. If you're a collector, are you like the rest of us? Have you been able to get rid of any of it or have you, do you still have stuff from when you were a kid with you now? Uh, maybe, maybe not, that's, that's, maybe not in Malaysia, but wherever. Now, uh, the, it's a sore point because uh, I can't remember which how old I was, but at some point my mum gave all my Star Wars oh, stuff no. away to the oh, no. 
to, it went to a good place. It went to the kids' hospital. Okay, well. Um, but yeah, all my all my original kind of stuff left, and and I was an only child, so I had a lot. Of, lot oh, of stuff. yeah, you're you're probably gonna be like, but my daughter, she's almost five. She's also an only kid right now, and pretty much, uh, dad dad yeah. just showers her with crap, probably stuff that he's really buying for himself. But you you know what I mean? No, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm um, because of the when I was born. Um, I'm not really a fan of, well, so, yeah, I'm not really a fan of anything outside the original trilogy. Got you. Uh, no EU, um, prequels, I guess. Okay. Because it was Lucas. Um, the, the sequels <laughs> don't exist in my head canon. Got you. Um, well, we're, we're getting there. I, I was just going to ask then. So I think I know the answer to this. Your, your favorite film or trilogy. Let me guess. Well, yeah. Well, as I said, there's only really one trilogy for me. Um, the favourite film, it's, it's a tough one, you know. Uh, part of me, I go against the grain. It's either A New Hope or Return of the Jedi. Um, a New Hope, obviously, where it started. Um, just the overall big movie. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah, something something completely different and amazing. But then Return of the Jedi, oh, you can't beat it, you know. The whole I'm with you. Jabba scene beginning is just my favorite scene of the entire thing, you know. Oh yeah. I, um, I um I'm I'm with you and it may be a Haywood thing and, and I think you preface it perfectly where you you know, we're we're kind of different because usually you ask that question to people and they go right to ESB. ESB seems to be the the universal favorite for for most fans of of our era and in general. Uh, I know a lot of fans, uh, at least with the Disney stuff, have have taken the Rogue One. They really like that one as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you as well. I I think Return of the Jedi. Uh, you know, I I love the Ewoks. Fuck the people that hate the murder bears. There's nothing wrong yeah, with the Ewoks. The, the, the Ewoks yep. made sense. There's nothing wrong with them. But it, it is that I don't. There's some about that movie. I don't know if it's because that was the first one we saw in theaters. Uh, I know. That's right. Oh, yeah. I know. With me, there's there's some like father son shit at the end with the you know the big battle between Vader and Luke and and Luke kind of tapping into the dark side, but then pulling back when he realizes that he is becoming just like his father. So I, I get some you know some sappiness around that, but but I'm with you. I, I just I really think Jedi for that trilogy kind of perfected everything George was doing in, in the, in the first one. And then in the second one, in terms of visuals, the set pieces, the action moments, and just some of the, the mythology we got. I mean, you got the, the reveal of Leia. Uh, you obviously you get yeah. the, the, I want to see you uh, with my own eyes moment with, with Anakin coming back. Uh, so I do, I, I don't know, maybe, yeah. maybe it's a Haywood thing. I know we're, we're kind of outliers when, when we say Jedi is one of the best, uh, but that's okay. We are right and they are wrong. Yeah, well, that, well, I mean, you know, as you said, um, just the whole, you know, the full circle of it, of Jedi, you know, the ending, that was the ending of Star Wars for me, you know. Um, they live happily ever after. Um, but uh, the the main thing for me, I think, was just Jabba's Palace scene, you know, that whole first, what, 30 minutes or of the movie um 
it's just amazing, you know, and it's all what Star Wars is about, that Jabba's Palace, you know. There's probably, what, one, two, three humans, four humans in that. Right, oh, yeah. The rest. It's all monsters. Or puppets. Aliens. Yes. It's just beautiful. It's a beautiful part of a movie and the best part of the trilogy, you know. It's just, um, it is Star Wars, the same as the cantina scene in A New Hope, you know. Um so do you do you Another do you mess group. with Mandalorian at all, or you're just you're good with, yeah, with no, what I'm was a given fan to of Mandalorian. you? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Mandalorian. Um, so how did you like uh, getting this getting the return to Jabba's palace there at the end? I mean, are you all caught up? I don't want to like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was that was great, man. Okay. Just um, I mean, I think we've all been waiting for a return of Jabba's palace at some point. Yeah. Uh, whether it's in a prequel or. Somewhere, um, and that was beautiful. Do, so, now, you know, um, yeah, let's let, why we're on it. Do you, do you think Boba is going to kind of set up shop there? I mean, is it, is this his palace now? Is he taking over the whatever cartel Bib was working over? I mean, what, what do you think? What are some uh, some Bud Futu speculation on on Book of Boba? Yeah, uh, I haven't really thought too much about it. You know, I just sort of watched it and took it in and grinned and. Um, just wait for the sort of the next episode, I guess. Have, but, now, um, have you built the Book of Boba diorama yet? Right, because I, I actually on the stream, Jay, I've got up your first shot just because it kind of matches with what you're talking about your your love of the Jabba's palace scene. Uh, once we get into a lot of Jay's work, the Dio building especially, you can see he started with his favorite movie in particular favorite scene and you can really see the the level of passion that jay has for jabba's palace once we start looking at some of his diorama builds because they are uh, in my opinion jay and i guess you could correct me if i'm wrong but it, it's a damn near one-to-one recreation not scale wise but one-to-one in terms of design the art uh, the the weathering of the palace like it, it it's it's movie quality recreation is, is how I cl- yeah, classify well, exactly your, your dioramas. Yeah, um, it's funny because you know I, I, I built that palace. That was my first one, and I built that. That was four years ago. Um, and in terms of skill and technique, I think I've come a long way. So. I would actually, there is a few structure wires. It's as accurate as I could get um, in the space to fit it in because it was in a bookshelf. So I only had certain, you know, dimensions right. to fit it in. Um, hey, Jay, is that, that, is is that the, how it started? Because I remember, I think the first picture that caught my eyes, you, you, you essentially recreated iconic scenes to place on a bookshelf to house your figures. Is that kind of how the dios started or is just, this is a side project. Yeah, that- oh. But it's funny. Um, I mean, this is, I mean, I started it before I even knew Star Wars was on Instagram. Um, I started collecting the black series figures and I kept them all in their boxes. So I had the shelves just full of boxes um, and when I'd buy them, I'd open them up. And then obviously, because I'm not a kid, I wouldn't play with them. <laughs> so I'd end up putting them back in the box and putting them back on my shelf, yeah, you know. Right. And um, it seemed to be such a waste of a figure to be stuck in a yes. box. Because they were 
how cool they are. Do you hear this? Um, Do you, know, you hear this box, people? It, it's okay. Take them out. These figures are not going to be worth a lot. There's so oh. many. Free them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get on to that later about that. I've got so much to say. But, um, so, yeah, so, you know, I wanted to get them out of the box and um, I was like, you know, I can't just put them on the shelf, you know. They look a bit stale, a bit bare. Um, so I thought, you know, I actually was considering, you know, just painting backgrounds for them, you okay. know, just sit them behind. Um, and I remember getting Jabba the Hutt and obviously, obviously he needs something to sit on, you know. Um, so Jabba's throne was actually my first diorama. I, I've got that. Him. I've got the shot up now on the stream. It's, it's of uh, the finished shot and it's, it's Boba Fett delivering his quarry to Jabba the Jabba the Hutt. So this is the finished version of what Jay is talking about. Uh, while he's talking about his first ever, I have, I have images here of what kind of how he started. It looks like building the throne. And then uh, I, there's the kind of the cutout version. It looks like you got some wood in there. I mean, as you, as you can see, those of you on the stream, I mean, just look, look at the details here and just the, kind of pre-staging that Bud Futu did with this uh, Dio. Just absolutely mind-boggling type of work. And now we're back to the finished uh, product with Fett. And here's another one. This is a great, this is the one with the uh, the, Magor- the Gamorrean guards. It looks like they're sitting here uh, lynching somebody or, or, or stomping on. Uh, it looks like... Giving them a good idea yeah, or something. Yep, yep. Uh, just uh, another excellent shot in this excellent-looking diorama. So... Uh, kind of back to your the, the Star Wars stuff. We'll, we'll get into the the dios in depth here in a bit. Um, is there a character that kind of really resonated with you, Jay? You know, you're you're number one, be it you know male, female, alien, it doesn't matter. But is it? Do you have uh, like a go to character? Like this is my guy or my girl or my well, my alien? Uh, you know, <laughs> obviously, for the, the the main characters, I think it's got to be. Han Solo. Um, All right. But I'm a bigger fan of the background characters. Um, you know, the the passers-by, the aliens. That's what I love about Star Wars the most. Um, so you're you're a big fan yeah. of uh, Figrin Dan and the modal nodes, right? Like, Yeah, just everyone. Everyone, even if they're just... Hammerheads, you know, Snaggletooth... Yeah, Hammerhead's one of my favourites. Um, you know, the Gamoran Guards, they're my favourites as well. Um, yeah, just the, just the creature All right. creations, you know. That's what Star Wars is for me, you know. You've got your heroes, you've got your, you know, your scoundrel, you've got Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and but it's really just the background characters that are... Make styles for me, you know. So um, I'm assuming you appreciated what they did in the Mandalorian. Then again, where they went back to, I mean, yeah, they used that volume with the LED screens, but they actually went back to a lot of uh, practical uh, effects, practical sets, and and more importantly, the the alien builds. Uh, we, I mean, yeah, yeah. but that's yeah. You had some CG, yeah, but sure. you also had people in costumes again. I mean, it's just it is nice to kind of see that in Star Wars, kind of going back to how George did things. Keeping it yeah. as real as and, possible. And as much as, um, as I said, I, you know, the, the sequels don't exist for me. Um, I think JJ done it right when he first, uh, when they made The Force Awakens, you know. Yeah. It was all about 
practical effects. It was all about the the puppets. It it went back. I mean, you know, um, I actually didn't mind The Force Awakens as a movie. Um, there's a few things that I didn't like, but I let it go because you know it's twenty whatever thirty years later. You know, it's a uh, I don't know, a new Star Wars saga, I guess. Um, but the way he made it, I think he paved the way to uh, not do what George done in the prequels and uh, kept it real, you know, right. uh, miniatures, puppets, less CGI, you oh, know. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I, I think a lot of people, even even those that were ready to raise Disney or, or light people on fire over <laughs> TLJ and the other movies, I, I do think a lot of fans were down. They, they, they enjoyed the, the force awakens and it did kind of set up, uh, what could have been a pretty decent trilogy, but we all know what happens. We're not here to like sit and shit on people's decisions. It is what it is. No. I mean, uh, you, you, you can't have, and I've said this a million times. I'll say it again until I'm blue in the face, but you can't take three artists and expect them to tell a coherent trilogy. Each artist is going to want to put their own stamp on the story, especially when they're the ones writing it. So uh, but I agree. TFA had the the beginnings of, of what could have been a very interesting trilogy, uh, you know, albeit set way past the trilogy yeah. we love. But it just, hey, it is what it is. We got what we got. Yeah. Uh, and Mando. I mean, I mean, they should have got JJ to just make all three movies. Of course, movies, of course. You know? That would have been the wise decision. I mean, even though George, during the first films, he didn't direct everyone but he was still involved with the story so you had that constant vision throughout but hey yeah. hey it's over now we've got through we got the mandalorian all these live action shows coming up so there's still that to look forward yeah. to and you know um rogue one rogue one was a great movie i actually kind of would include that in my top movies yeah i mean it's along with it's like episode three and a half i mean it, it is it feels like it's yeah. a part of the original movies i mean it it, it spawned yeah. based on the first what few sentences in a new hopes all opening crawl i mean that's where rogue one came from um yeah. all right jay so is, is there a you know we got we got the the trilogy's favorite character i mean he he likes the the backgrounds and the scoundrels is there a, a a moment from the franchise that you would take like say a visitor from another planet and be like look watch this moment this is why star wars is life uh, I, I would either say the tattooing Mos Eisley scenes from A New Hope at the beginning, um, or again Jabba's Palace. You know, I think if you if you've never seen it before and you see Jabba's Palace, you know what Star Wars is about. Yeah, I, that's um, a great point. That's a great point. No, as I said, especially with, um, you know, what I love about Star Wars is the oversized of things. You know, you've got the Jawa's sand crawler. Just <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's like the Jawa's, they're, they're making up for something, right? They're making up for their short height or who knows, <laughs> but they really do overcompensate with their sand crawler. Yeah. But, but you know, um, and uh, when you first see the Banthers, you know, never seen anything like it on screen um and it wasn't stop motion it wasn't some shit puppet it was you know it was a live animal you know it was 
it was a banter. Oh yeah, screen that you, you know. Yeah. Um, again, you know, this is uh, this is what attracts attracts a lot of people. You know, myself with Star Wars that it's so real looking. You know, there's um, there's no doubt that oh, you know, this is a movie. You could be watching some kind of well documented doco. You know, um, it's just done perfectly. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think either yeah, the, the Mos Eisley scenes or Jabba's Palace for someone that hadn't seen Star Wars, I think. Because um, you know, I'm not a great fan of like, the space battles. The spaceships are not not my favorite. You know, they're not up there for me. Um, well, I mean, let, let's be real. In those old movies, and hey, don't don't get me wrong. I love them. I love George, but. The the space stuff, wow, for the time in the 70s and early 80s was groundbreaking. I mean, absolutely mind-boggling what George was able to create visually and cinematically with the models and, and doing all that stuff. But these days, that that's those are probably the aspects of the originals that don't quite hold up as well as, as the other parts of the film. Uh, they just don't move as fluid as we've seen in in, in modern science fiction. Uh, yeah, I mean it it it, it does seem a little off. Um, I mean, it, yeah, and um, it's funny. Um, before I left to come traveling, um, I managed to get hold of the um, the DVDs of the trilogy that had the second disc with, with the, the original. original yes, disc. yes, they're like in that tiny uh, letterbox presentation still, right? Yeah, yeah. So, which I love. You know, everyone goes on about these 4K versions <laughs> and stuff. But what I love about it, it is a copy of VHS viewing. Yeah, you know, yeah. which I love. You know, that's that's what we grew up with. Um, and I must say, you know, as much as there's a bit of hatred with George. Um, sort of fucking around with the special editions. The actual space battle of the end of A New Hope is kind of bland. It's very slow. Yeah. Um, compared to the the, the special edition um, that we've obviously everyone sort of knows, and that's what Star Wars now. But yeah, I think he I think he made a good move on those uh, additions to the space battle of uh, the Death Star on A New Hope. Um, because yeah, I remember watching it. I've, I hadn't watched it for obviously years, and it was just very, really slow. You know, <laughs> that space battle was. Just, you know that. You know, you I think you, you've given me something to do, Jay. I, it's been shit. I, I maybe twenty years since I've watched the actual original versions, not not George's special editions. And you are right because mm. he didn't add much to a new hope, but it is a, it is focused around the Battle of Yavin. You kind of get that that new CG approach shot where you know all the X wings and Y wings are coming in, uh, and it, it sounds yeah. like what Jay's saying. You even get maybe some more battle added to it to to speed things up. But I I do I need to go back and check some of these out. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was I was. Almost a little disappointed when I when I see the the end space battle. I was like, man, yeah, you didn't need to in, enhance yeah, that. I mean, that, bit, that's know? a good point, especially for people uh, you know our age that grew up with the originals, and we were probably in our teens when the special editions came out. Which it was still an event. You got to go back to a movie theater and see Star Wars, but they were fundamentally different. Some of the changes, I think, was just George being George, and he is an artist after all, and can't just let things go. 
to, to me, the the, the most uh, egregious changes are in, in Jedi, specifically when he makes Vader now yell no at the end. Oh. Um, it, it's I've gotten over it. It used to like really rub me the wrong way. I mean, now it, it you kind of see that he's struggling with that choice. Should I save my son or should I keep being a little bitch to this emperor? But adding that no, and they picks him. I was like, yeah, I don't. You, you probably didn't need that, George. I'm not. I'm not really sure. Uh, you didn't need that. I'm not really <laughs> sure, man. I I know when I was little, I got what you were trying to to do when Vader was looking back and forth. I understood. We don't need the no, no, and then chucks him. But hey, when you're yeah. George Lucas and you come up with all this stuff in your head, I guess uh, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. So. It is what it oh, is. You know, I think with George, you know, because um, he obviously struggled with producing the original trilogy because of the time. Oh, yeah, money, everything. Uh, and everything. You know, obviously, when it, when he did actually make the special editions, it was like a kid in the toy yeah, store, you know. Yep. He had everything available to make what he wanted to do in 77. That's right. Um, Lots of new toys. So... Yeah, well, that, well, that's right, you know, and I think everyone would if you'd made something in the 70s and then had all this to play with, you'd get a little bit carried away, I yeah. think, you know. Um, of course. You know, uh, you know it's we can kind of... You know, oh, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that and now I can do it, you know. Um, but, you know, adding no to Vader was just unnecessary, <laughs> you know, same as adding the new song. In oh, Jabba's dude, Pants, that was just- I did it. That, that one, you were right. That's probably the worst because it's it's terrible. Let, let, bring back, what's her name? Is it Sny or Sly Soodles? Bring back her song. You know, j- j- yeah, just just yeah. let her sing uh-huh. that that very, uh, very clear puppet acting they were using with her. Just keep all that in. Let Max do his thing. You don't need to bring in that dude with the big nose and blah, 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 blah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a big uh, 70s funk fan. Yeah. And um, that, that was a funky tune, man, the original, you know. And it was just, just perfect the way it went from one scene and just kicked in that song. I loved it. It's just perfect, you know, and it was well, dirty. They, they and also took dingy. out they took out the Yub Nub, too, the Ewok celebration. That was another song that I kind of missed at the end. You know, you get, you yeah, get the nice you know, drum, was, you get the uh, nice drum build up. You see him beating on the helmets, the yub nub, and then no, that's all gone now. That's right, you know. Yeah, there's there's certain things that George done right in those special editions, um, and was necessary. And there was just some things that I don't know. Yeah, keep, keep. It was it was just a late at night tripping. <laughs> just uh, yeah, leave leave the music alone, George. The music was perfect, buddy. Uh, yeah, you know. Just silly things like adding the rock in front of R2 in A New Hope when Obi-Wan discovers Luke. Yeah. Um, stuff, you know, it, it's stuff that you don't need to add. And you know, well, It really was. It was like the, the audio stuff. He just went overboard because even that scene you're talking about, he added a new crate dragon yell from Obi-Wan that is just absolutely insane sound. Right. It's like, it's like, okay, I mean. Whatever he did before was fine. I don't know why we needed that, but all right. Uh, all right, Jay. So, yeah. you know, I'm clearly you're a huge fan of Star Wars. I mean, would you say that in some form or fashion, Star Wars kind of, uh, I guess what came first, the diorama building or taking pictures of toys? And do you feel like Star Wars ultimately pushed you into this hobby or I guess jobby at this point in time for you? 
Yeah, well, um, as I said before, you know, I wanted to make backgrounds for my figures for the shelf. Um, and just as I was making the throne and Jabba's palace, well, just the throne, um, and, well, once I started making that throne, with that photo that you that you see when it was just the, the three layers of timber, once I actually made that, I threw that aside and was like, right, I can actually do this. I can create stuff. So then I went straight ahead and made um, the Han Solo and Carbonite diorama. Um, and that got me running with that. Um, and just at that time, I had, a, I had an Instagram account, um, but I didn't know Star Wars existed, as I said, on Instagram, as it is that I know now. Um, and then I discovered um, Matt's uh, Star Wars The Black Series. Um, oh, yeah. IG account. Um, and then that opened up a whole, it was like, wow, people are taking photos of their stuff. Why didn't I think of this, you know? Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, obviously, you know, building these things rather than sitting on the shelves, I was like, well, you know, I'll take photos, of course. Uh, and that was it, you know, and then it just sort of, obviously, as it, everyone, it just snowballs. You so know? how, just, how uh, soon after, you know, say Star Wars, the Black Series or, or after the community kind of catches wind of your work uh, in particular? I mean, the, the shots are fantastic, too, but. Uh, the the backgrounds, your dioramas. How soon were you getting hit up by people in your DMs saying, "Hey, where'd you get that? Oh, you made it. Can you make one for me?" I mean, how quick from just trying it yourself to make your shelves look more entertaining and and get your figures out of their damn boxes? How quick did it go from just doing that for you to, "Hey, I can I can maybe make some money at this." Oh, it was a oh, it was a long. Time to be honest with you, you know, no one really um, approached me to buy stuff. Um, I'd get a few um, messages on, you know, how did you do this or um, stuff like that, but it wasn't until I can't really remember now. Um, I think it was about two years ago that I started selling um, Jabba's Throne um, because of people liked my work and they were interested in it. Um, I thought I'd put it out for sale, you know, and uh, offer commissions. Um, so I didn't get a great deal of people reaching out to me to buy stuff. Um, in fact, I don't think I had any, to be honest with you. Um, what the hell's wrong with you people? Look at this guy's work. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I'm on, um, uh, remember, this, this is at BudFutu on Instagram. He also runs at Blue underscore Harvest underscore Studios on Instagram. And that's the page I have up now, Jade. I'm just scrolling through it and I'm, I'm at your very first listing on blue harvest and it is the, the job of throne. And as people can see, mm -hmm. it is very highly detailed. Yeah. You got the weathering in there. I mean, he, he doesn't just build them. He, he paints them accurately. He gets some soft goods. I mean, just, just amazing work. So, all right, well, I don't know. I, I guess I know when I see these things and I see your new posts and I, I believe your current project is, uh, I, and you may be out of them, so excuse me if I'm speaking out of turn, but it was your your Hangar 35 or Docking Bay 35? Or, yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah, look at that. I got the set yeah. where you have all the all the walls up there. I got that image pulled up now on the stream for everyone to see. Uh, but this is yeah. your second uh, wave. 35, you know, um, like a lot of people, you know, in photography and uh, dio building you know um people tend to start selling stuff that's in 
you know. Right. Um, and obviously, as a for a business side and selling point, that's what you should be doing. You know, you should be selling the stuff that. Just think about it in the community and, and what people are, are sharing or the, or the toys they're taking, or I'm sorry, the, yeah, the toys they're shooting at a current time. It's usually the newest wave to be released or, you know, what Jay's saying here, his, his uh, Docking Bay 35 series, he went with it because it's been featured in Mando. Uh, so it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a hot topic right now. And as you can see, if you're watching on the live stream, it is a a dead on recreation of what John Dave uh, the, the the set designers did in in the Mandalorian. I mean, it, was this a is it a did you offer it in three pieces, Jay? This one or was it one big? Yeah, yeah. So um, I mean, this this is an exact replica of the movie set yep. as much as I could. I mean, I spent a long time researching this one. Yeah. So uh, let, let's um, talk about that. Do you, I mean, do you, if it's Mandalorian, do you just pull up an episode and, and pause it and zero in on everything. Do you, t- are you taking measurements off your uh, TV screen? I mean, you, you're probably doing some crazy ass math conversions that my little brain can't handle, yeah, but yeah, well, what I generally do, um, obviously screenshot the episode or, you know, whatever I want to take photos of. Um, but with that scene there, the docking bay 35, there's no real clear scene of that whole piece in one. Um, so I researched on obviously on Google, um, for behind the scenes, the making of the Mandalorian. And I found quite a few, um, aerial shots and, you know, a cast member or whoever took photos, um, so you can actually see the backs of the walls that are just, you know, these walls are, are not a metre thick or two metres thick. They're just, they're stud walls, you right. know, what um, you generally get a house out with. Um, and I managed to find all the angles to get that exact uh, copy and replica of Gee, so, set. I mean, so, how long how long would you say then for Docking Bay 35, just, just, just prep work? and studying and getting measurements. I mean, how much for those that may want to, you know, start making dioramas of your quality or just dioramas in general from start to finish on docking bay 35, how many man hours do you think you had into that thing? Oh, well, I mean, say the, the initial start, you know, I probably spend, I might spend 80 hours researching, you know, um, looking, searching. And once I get those pictures, um, getting the measurements right. Um, so what I tend to do is on, I use my tablet. Um, okay. You know, like, uh, the, as Mando walks out docking bay 35 for the first time and walks down the street of Mos Eisley, yeah. um, I'll get a screenshot of that. Um, and I'll either blow it up on my screen of my tablet to literally six inch and then move ah, that picture okay. around. All right. And then get my caliper and measure everything on the screen to get it exact for the height of the, the character. So, you know, if, um, they're pretty much accurate to scale, um, but you know, they might be a, a few inches out in real life, you know, um, 
So now, basically, yeah, that's how that's how I get Jay, it. Jay, I mean, did you do you do this stuff in real life in terms of like, are you an architect or are you a designer or a builder? I mean, where where did you kind of even get the skills? Because I'm I am I'm about as like man skill uh, lacking as it gets. The only uh, the only tool I can use is a hammer, and that's mostly just to pound shit or tear <laughs> stuff down. Is there something you you did in in your professional life, or you know maybe as work back in the day yeah, that that um, kind of led into this, and just knowing how to do it and how to get the measurements right, and and kind of create these blueprints? Um, you know, I've always been artistic, uh, not particularly good. You know, I went to art college. Okay. Um, done a general art where you know we've done uh, fashion textiles. We've done. Um, Modeling, you know, um, stuff. Uh, so I've done that in school, obviously, then went to college and done it. So I've always had that artistic uh, way Got you. about me. Um, but, you know, to be honest with you, I was never actually particularly good at anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> in, I think you're pretty, you know, you're pretty you know, damn good people, at building di- Star Wars dioramas, buddy. I mean, you're... You know, you know, some people can pick up a pen and paper and draw a cartoon character. Uh, yeah. I, or, like, paint on a, a canvas and paint a scene. And they've got that natural. Talent. I got you. I've had that that one key element. Um, I was just always interested in that kind of thing. Um, and then, um, like I'm a I'm a painter and decorator by trade. Okay. Um, so I've always worked in construction, been a builder. Um, so I've got that kind of measurement and looking, and I guess that eye for detail. Um, that makes sense. From just from painting, you know, I, I paint schools, I paint shopping centers, paint churches. Um, it, and you know, there's obviously a lot of measuring and stuff doing. I look at plans and things, and I, do, I just look at stuff and get it, you know. Um, it's taken, I, I've, I've never watched a tutorial on building, okay, you know. Um, so you are you're, you are artistic, just maybe not in the traditional sense. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever listened to our top five where we got myself and Nick talking about, we call them real ass painters. And just the, the same bewilderment that someone can take their hands and grab a tool, be it a paintbrush, a digital brush, and create yeah. a like a lifelike picture it's fucking wild like i don't i don't know what is going on but even what you're doing like you say you just kind of look at something and you you can you measure it up yeah. i mean obviously your your painting your weathering is excellent you just sort of uh, my, my advice to people just just research you know um you can ask for advice off people and people can tell you how to do stuff but until you actually do it yourself, you know, you, you learn by your mistakes, you know, that's what I done. You know, Jabba's Palace took me perhaps, oh, maybe 12 months to complete, you know. Um, and I'd, often I'd spend hours just staring at a part thinking, how can I make this, you know? Um, how can I create that arch over Jabba the Hutt? Um, and, you know, that was made out of PVC pipe and wood and obviously just plastered over and painted, you know. Um, I spent a long time just staring at that, just thinking, how can I make this? Um, yeah, and it's easy to go and find a tutorial, but it, 
one of the things I enjoy about diorama making is working things out for myself. Um, I get the pleasure of just, yes, I've got yeah, it. I know how totally. to do it. Uh, the the, the eureka moment I, uh, is is one of my favorite things in in anything. I could be troubleshooting a, a tech issue, or you know maybe doing a, a toy setup, or like you said, working on a a diorama. But when you get that, yes, finally, I thought I was going to delete this thing or, or, or smash my computer, but yes, I finally. I, I that is a high that is worth seeking out. Yeah, you know, as as I said, you know, perhaps um, for every hundred hours I spent on Jabba's palace, you know, 70 of those were just sitting, staring at it, you know, um, <laughs> working out what to do next yeah. or how to do it or, um, doing it. And then it was shit, but you always learn by your mistakes. So attempt something yourself, try it. If it doesn't work, try something else, you know, and you just end up learning by your mistakes, you yeah. know, you, you, True. You, you develop your own skills just naturally by doing that, you know, just as, I don't know. I've actually, I, I, don't, I don't know if you've noticed it, but just in the community itself, I'd say over the past year or so, uh, maybe it's people being locked down and, and can't get out and, or maybe people losing jobs, unfortunately. But I feel like a lot of the community has started to take to diorama building, uh, especially with the, with the foam sets, cutting up that purple foam board. Yeah, well, I think people, um, I think people reach their limit, you know, um, you know, I, I guess I had it a little bit easier cause I, I started off straight away with diorama building and then went on to photography, but a lot of photographers obviously done it outside shots, yeah. you know, right. um, be it snow or sand or, you know, in, in, in the garden, in the front yard. Um, and then, you know, I guess, you know, especially if you've been on Instagram for, a few years or whatever, um, even a couple of years, you sort of right. Well, I can't be taking the same shot of stormtroopers. Yes. Push, you know, I need to change something. So I think that's what the progression of a lot of photographers are. That right, I need to actually build something with my hands now to make my make, make the shot different. look better. I, I'm 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 right there with yeah, you. Just have to make different on your gallery. You know, everyone likes a bit of. Um, difference in your galleries um you know and i mean i've i've got that with mine at the moment i'm a bit stale because because i'm away i can't make all the dioramas i want to because at some point i've got to go backpacking again right um so yeah, you don't want to be hauling around a bunch of docking bay 35s in malaysia <laughs> as you're trying to get back to <laughs> the home country well it's funny because i actually had um Three outstanding uh, banthers that I hadn't finished for customers um, just before I left. So, much to my wife's <laughs> uh, annoyance, I, um, I packed an extra seventy <laughs> liter or eighty liter backpack of three or four unfinished banthers. Um, yeah, and um, three or four uh, Mos Eisley diodes <laughs> in a backpack with some tools and some bits and essential yeah. items. She's like, we're just needed, fucking going so. backpacking, Jay. Why the hell do you need all this shit? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, like my kids have got one bag each. My wife's got one yeah, bag you have each. 10. <laughs> camera bag and my laptop bag. My backpack, my clothes. Uh. I've got my uh, bag full of 
about, I think, 90 Star Wars figures I bought with me. <laughs> and it's a 70-litre backpack yeah. of dioramas and banthas. And um, I actually, when we was in uh, Kuala Lumpur, in uh, the capital of Malaysia, we stayed there for a week purely for me to finish off yeah. my three <laughs> yeah, banthas. Yeah, so quit carrying all this shit Stop with down. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. Boys so, and their toys. You got to love it when dad is the one with the most bags on a vacation. You got to love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah. But, you know, I've managed to carry around about, yeah, 80 or 90 Star Wars figures with me. Um, <laughs> well, I, my, 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 I've got a nine-year-old son. is um, obviously majorly into Star Wars. Um, so some of them are there his. There you go. He can put uh, some of the blame on, on the son. Like, shit like that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> I have nothing to do with, you know. I've got mine. Uh, He's got right. his. Don't, don't touch daddy's, right? Don't mess with my figures. No, that's right. Yeah. Um, from a very young age, he's learned very well to respect. <laughs> the I'm laughing. I'm, I'm laughing because I, I know other collectors and other toy photographers out there are probably laughing with us because they, they know that. They know going on vacation that, you know, daddy may be packing some figures and some backgrounds. And uh, if, if daddy has a kid, yeah, like, hey, you can have the figure and open it. But, you know, don't maybe run its head on the concrete and stuff like that. Uh, you you, you got you yeah. to keep them looking good. So I, I can relate to you, man. I, I love it. <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah, no, my son's, um, you know, they're actually just all in one big box now. Um, but uh, seriously, my son hasn't lost any accessories in the whole time we've been here. You know? um, every gun is accountable. Every lightsaber hilt's accountable. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's got them all in his nose, you know. He's very good with them. I'm, you know, I'm so. working on the accessory uh, wrangling with my young one right now. Every time she gets a figure, if there's multiple accessories, I break out a little Ziploc bag for her and be like, look, they all they all go in here. That way you don't have to ask dad at, at nighttime. Hey, did you see this little fucking coffee mug for Barbie? It's like, well, why didn't you just put it in the bag? Right. <laughs> so I get you. All right, man. Kind of uh, transitioning out of, the, out of the dio stuff. Are there any and getting into the photography aspect of your hobby, are, are there any uh, tools that you may recommend to those that want to get into making dioramas before we move into the photography? I mean, is there like a, a, a tool set that you have found having handy, be it exacto knives, hammers, my favorite, saws? Uh, you know, I think when, um, when we finally um, leave this place and move on to Thailand and wherever we're going, um, I'll have a perhaps like a pencil case full of essentials. So, you know, um, caliper for one. There you go. Uh, I guess uh, set squares, you know, um, for obviously making your, your cuts straight and your angles good. Um, and that's it really, you know, rulers, pens. Yeah. Um, it's really just having the having yeah. the drive, and then, like you said, just being able to kind of dedicate your time to studying whatever you're about to create to make it as yeah. as lifelike yeah. as possible. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people out there that um, say, "All oh, right, um, I've bought all this stuff. Now what do I do?" <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, like, as much as I get that, you know, it's just like, well, no, you know, have an idea. 
Yes, that's the key. That's I mean, it's hard. It, 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 I mean, I talk about this when it comes to the photography aspect, and, and that's why I'm mostly a static portrait type of toy photographer because I don't have the ideas, and that's okay. But but what at Bud Futu is saying here on Instagram is, and this relates, I would assume, to the photography aspect. Like I, you know, I have people like, hey, what, what camera do you use? It's not necessarily the camera. It's can you envision a scene and then line it up and, and, and take a shot of it? And that's similar to what you're saying. It, it's not so much the tools when it comes to making dioramas. It's having mm. the idea and then being able to carry that idea out in, in real time in the real world. So uh, a yeah. lot of times it's, it's the so, thought that, that matters more than anything else. Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, I get you know, especially with the the popularity of toy photography now and dio building, people want that instantly. You know, they want that full setup instantly. They they want these photos instantly. But because I sort of basically um, self learned, it was a slow process. So I'm, I guess. Old school in that respect, where you just look at something, right? I want to create that. What do I need? You know, how do I create that? If you want to do a, a reproduction of a screenshot, you know, look at that shot. You know, there's lights here, there's this there. You know, take a photo, it might look shit. Work off of that, you know, right? right. Compare it to the practice, 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 practice. Practice, yeah, and that's it. You know, you, you can't knock practice, you know. Um, I say everything's developed in the whole world of everything, you know. Um, trial by error. error. Um, just look at it. Look what you want to create and take a photo. That doesn't look right. What needs to be adjusted, you know. Do I need more lights? Do I need no lights? Do I need natural light? Do – I don't know, you know, just um, – as I said, I spend a lot of time just looking and thinking about stuff. Yeah, both both um, of these hobbies are not things you're probably just going to pick up and, and be a, a master within a day, a week, a month, maybe even a year. I mean, we, we've seen some accounts where they start and it's like, all right, they're, they kind of know what they're doing and then they excel into a, a mega account. But that, that, that takes time. None of this is overnight. Although I will, as we're we're talking about at Bud Futu's toy photography now, I'm, uh, on the live stream, I have his first ever toy shot, and I'll tell you what, it's a pretty damn good first attempt. Uh, for those of you that aren't on the live stream, what Jay did is he essentially recreated the scene where Princess Leia in the Bausch disguise is deactivating Han Solo's uh, carbonite bed to awaken him and and dude i'll tell you what like if that's your first toy shot i i've seen some first toy shots from from some mega accounts and even they were fairly basic this, this is a pretty damn good shot i mean you got the lighting down you got the lighting effect on the panel how knowing you that's probably real light on the panel <laughs> yeah, right yeah. right i'm guessing it's right yeah uh you got that nice yeah, nice yeah. little snoot light on on han to just highlight his face and then you know feet and hands just like in the movie so um i, I know while jay said that you, you need to practice a bit when you first start a hobby like this he was pretty damn close to producing some kick-ass looking scene recreations right when he started uh, way back of, in June of 2016 was your first toy post or official toy yeah. photography. They, um, you know, I was a bit lucky with that one because um, <laughs> I remember 
I took that photo and I didn't really know how Instagram worked. And as I said, you know, obviously um, that was my first toy photo and it actually got uh, featured by Matt on Star Wars The Black Series. Um, and I, re I remember I didn't know the ins and outs of uh, how Instagram works or trying to get features. So I took a photo, posted it on my account, and I'd messaged Matt and I said, oh, am I doing this right? <laughs> Expecting him to obviously feature me straight away because I took a Star Wars. Right, show, right. Um, and so I was surprised that he actually, thinking back now, I was surprised that he actually posted it because I was hounding him, not begging him to post my shot, but I was genuinely thought that if I take a Star Wars shot, anything, he's going to feature He just it. throws it up. Yeah, he, he is the Star Wars yeah, vacuum. So I was like, am I, am I doing this right? Uh, you know, I've taken a shot of Star yeah. Wars. You know, Post it, that, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't even that. I mean, it's kind of peculiar. As I said, I had no idea of the world of um, features oh, and yeah. hanging followers or anything like that. So I was very genuine in my... Why haven't you posted it? Why haven't you? <laughs> I love that. that. I love this story. But now I know, you know, it's just like, and I know Matt hates people <laughs> uh, posting a photo and give it, feature me, feature Post me. Post my shit. No. Post it now. <laughs> so, and, you know, that was, I was very lucky with that shot because if you see my early from then on, I don't think I've got a, another feature for a, a long time, uh -oh. you know, and, and because I, I sort of run out of scenes to do, because I only had that diorama, I was taking outside shots, um, and they weren't particularly brilliant. Um, so, yeah, it took me a long while to actually get into the the community, the, the, and the, the rhythm. The ecosystem. Yeah, he, he kind of is the... Yeah, and just like, the shots, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took a while, obviously, to find out what you're doing and... Um, yeah, what's good yeah, well, and what's well, not. Well, then our, you know, our so dumb asses showed up, and then now we got another feature page for Star Wars accounts, and we're not just Black Series. We feature anything Star Wars. It could be tattoos. It could be tin cans made to look like R2-D2. We don't care. We, yeah, we well, love Star Wars art in general. And, and that's great. It's a, it's, a, it's a great page that you've got, as you said. Um, it's Yeah, it can be art. It can be tattoos. It can be, I don't know, a goddamn T-shirt that someone's exactly. made. or um, exactly. Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's a great, great page. So uh, I'm assuming, do you do you only shoot black series, or have you tried other lines and scales? No, just um, it's one of those things. Because as I said earlier, because all my toys got thrown away um, years ago, I was never a collector of anything in particular with Star Wars. Um, you know, in the '90s, there was quite a few different uh, variations of three seven fives. Uh, that are about, and um, it's one of those things, you know, it's hard to actually sort of hone in on one particular kind of thing to collect. Um, and it wasn't until the Black Series turned up, um, I started collecting it when it first arrived, that I was like, right, you know, I haven't got a mass collection of Star Wars or a full collection of something. This is it, you know. They're great figures, especially with the first few. You know, there's the Sand Trooper, yep. uh, Greedo, two were just magnificent. You know. So were you were you collecting um, Black Series when it first launched? I mean, you actually have the the black and orange stripe boxes or the black and blue yeah. stripe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand. What was it? Fourteen yeah. or fifteen yeah. or something or sixteen? Um, 
yeah, you know, go to my Toys R Us and I remember seeing, you know, piles of Darth Maul and just walked past it and didn't think anything of it and CR2, didn't think anything of it and then um, I think it come around Christmas, so I was just like, you know what, I want some Star Wars figures. So I asked my wife for some Star Wars figures for Christmas and, um, yeah, I think my thir- first ones were R2, Greedo and the Sand Trooper. Um and then that was it, you know, it's just like, right, you know, I'm an adult, I've got a job, I can pay for this stuff. <laughs> yeah, it gets dangerous, people. And, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a completist. Yeah, my, yeah, uh, that, that we suffer um, from that as well. Only, only original trilogy Star Wars, obviously, um, which is obviously a lot cheaper than buying every single number box that's ever produced. Um but, you know, I just want to sort of go back to obviously not having my original Kenners, you know, and not having a full collection. And obviously being a kid in the 70s and 80s, no kid got a Star Wars figure and thought, I'm going to keep this because in 40 years' time, this is going to be worth right. money. No, you know? we played, we played um, with them. So, and, you know, all my Black Series, I've got all the boxes still. I keep them, you know. Um, I've got, a, I think I've got about a 98 success 98% success rate of taking the tape off <laughs> without paying. Yep. And then taking the uh, figures uh, out and then putting the inside. Uh, in. I've got, I think, maybe four 70-litre tubs of empty boxes. Just so if anything happens or later on in life I want to change my display, I can put them all back in the box yeah. and I've got a nice display. I've, I've, fully um, have, I've fully cut myself from keeping boxes, especially with Black Series. It's like, they they go right into the recycle bin at this point in time. Uh, I the, some of the original Black Series did hold value because there was like a resurgence when all of us that missed the original Black Series in fourteen fifteen, like Jay was talking about, people like me that were wasting their their money on collecting Funko Pops for years realize that like oh shit there's actually some nice six inch looking figures let me go see if i can find some and they were all gone and you're talking like 80 to 100 dollars a pop on ebay but now hasbro <laughs> doing all these archive releases has essentially canceled out that uh, that market because a lot of those black the, the black black series boxes uh, you can get now and they they look better than they did when they came out in you know 1415 um, but yeah, shit, yeah. shit can get dangerous. Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, my dad beat into my head, save the boxes, resale value, blah, blah. And I, it, it, it did me well on my Funko Pops. I've talked about on the show. I've made a ridiculous amount of money selling old Funko Pops. Uh, but with the, with these yeah, Star right. Wars, like the new Star Wars stuff, the, the Hasbros that, that get released and there's millions of them. Fuck it. Boxes going garbage. Fig, fig. Yeah. Click, click for love, not profit. Right, you know? exactly. Um, you know, but, you know, as I said, I, I, I keep my boxes purely just for uh, an alternative display right. option at some point. You know, I'll never, ever, ever, ever sell them, even if they're worth 10 grand, you know. Um, too too important. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah too, too, too many yeah. uh, emotional think, dollars uh, attached to them. Nostalgia dollars. Yeah. I just want a complete set of Star Wars figures. That's all I right. want in life, you know. Um, that's all, you know. I want the box. So just uh, as I said, original Kenner versions. But there's a lot of money to be spent on yeah. that collection. So I'll stick with the Black Series, you know. Hey, Jay, back um, to your your toy photography. Were, were there any 
influences that went into how you you know think of a shot and then execute one i mean i i had your uh, the uh, the Leia rescue shot of of Han up there. Now I'm pulling up your shot, and it's one of my favorites. It's the you remade Yoda's Dagobah hut, and you got the the scene where R two is out there, just kind of looking in, like, "Hey guys, what about me? I want some of that disgusting looking stew." Uh, I guess in terms of, of of the of the toy photography aspect of your hobbies. Is there anyone that influences you maybe from the community or outside the toy photography community? Or is it, again, just the movies and you wanting to recreate scenes that you remember watching as a little kid? Um, Yeah, basically, you know, I mean, obviously everyone in the community sort of influences you in... um, Positioning your figures, I guess. Um, but you know, my my main thing was recreating Star Wars scenes. So <clears throat> there was no one really to sort of influence me with that, except for you know, still short, still shots of George Lucas's movies. Um, and then, oh, but oh, you know, obviously the outside shots. I've seen you know back in the day. I think even uh, like you. Um, uh, work more or less Jason um a few other people you know the the, the old schools kind yeah. of push push that photography more you know um not necessarily recreating their shots of what they've done but just just their influence of just doing stuff whatever it was whether it was outside or in snow or um there wasn't really one particular person or style it was just not doing dioramas, right. you know, using the outside world, um, and just yeah, just uh, basically just shooting. You know, it, I shouldn't be confined to just shooting dioramas. The same as we were talking earlier, you know, people that shoot outside all the time suddenly have started building dioramas. <laughs> you know, they've had enough yeah. of their shooting outside in the forest or in the snow. You know, they want something different. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, being on Instagram, I think it's a bit of a buzz, you know, um, doing something and having people comment yeah, right. and yeah. like, you know, I mean, you, you know, we don't, we don't obviously, the majority of us don't do this for likes and popularity, but man, it's nice. To be, yeah, I know what you mean. Cause you, the, the- there'll comment. be people out there like that's a great uh, don't worry about the likes or don't so don't do it for likes and i get all that but everyone is human and everyone when they put something out there that they've created as a piece of art or in their mind a piece of art of course they're going to be affected right. by likes and comments of course they are yeah of course it's, 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 as you say it's a human nature you know um you know when you come to musicians bands obviously they do it for themselves but it's great when they sell 10 million uh, Yeah, copies. hell yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm all... No matter, uh, no matter what aspect, right. you know, your ratio of likes or anything, you know, it's always good to have someone say, that's a great right, shot. Some feedback. That's really not nice guy. You know, it's, it's nice. You know, especially, as I said, you know, I wasn't particularly good at anything in particular with art. Um, you know, I've got lots of friends that are very artistic, um, I've got a lot of friends that are very good musicians, 
you know, and they'll do gigs. And they're great, you know. You've got a whole crowd in front of you clapping. Right. Yeah? Um, they wouldn't do that once a week to an empty room. Of course. You know, there's always just that buzz. And as you said, you know, it's a human nature to enjoy that love that you get, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think that's a, a big aspect of continuing and changing what you do with your photography. Um, you try and, uh, I guess, you sort of, you, you try and impress. You try and impress yourself. You try and extend yeah, your Yeah, I skills. think that's, that's, a, that's a key thing you just said there. It's, it's impressing yourself first. I think a lot, sometimes, I know I've done it where I'm trying to, either recreate what other people are doing and it's not me. Like I'm not, I'm not working from my, my level, my headspace. I'm, I'm looking at like, Oh, look what Bud Futu did. I'm going to try to be Bud Futu. No, that, it doesn't work that way. You gotta, you gotta no. kind of do you and, and, you know, work within your own skill set. And as, as Jay has said, over time, practice, trying different things, putting it out there, maybe getting some of the feedback, good or bad can lead to your own uh, skills increasing. Uh, Jay, would you say, do yeah. you prefer shooting indoors or outdoors? Or it doesn't matter? Um, oh, I think because most of my stuff's dioramas, I guess indoors. Um, I tried to take my dioramas outside, I think, just purely for the natural light. Natural sunlight. Well, I have your another um, one of my favorite uh, favorite recreations of yours, and this one is just insanely detailed. This is the Sarlacc pit. Uh, it, it's the exact moment where you know Jabba's like move him into position. You got that top down perspective looking over, uh, not quite Jedi Luke's head yet, but I mean Jay's got a fully realized Sarlacc pit. He's got all the teeth. The mouth is open. The damn plank, the diving board is cut just like it was in the movie. Is this one outside? I mean, that looks like some nice, sharp, white, natural light. Or is this, again, just you being? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that one was, um, I, f I felt I needed the natural sunlight for this shot. Yeah, because um, it, it matches the movie tone perfectly in terms of, of, of the lighting. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny with that because I was, <laughs> when I set it up in uh, my backyard, obviously I had to get the shadow the same, of, you know, Luke's shadow on the on the board. Yeah. Um, but obviously when I was trying to set it up, the sun was moving. So then I had to move the... <laughs> yeah, you're racing the sun. Face the shadow. Yeah. And it's actually different to what it is in the movies. No! Um, but yeah, but... What are you going to do? I mean, fucking hell. Well, I, it's just like <laughs> this shot to me, it's like, it's such a well done recreation. I'm waiting for Luke to jump, spin around, grab the, grab the board and flip back over and catch his lightsaber. It just, it's, it's just phenomenal what you, uh, what you do with the dioramas, but then complementing it with the uh, photography. Uh, the other shot I have pulled up from you that you sent over, it's the uh, most likely spaceport. Uh, dated October 23rd, 2020. A and this thing is just unbelievably deep. It, it looks like you were on the set. It looks like either, you know, you, you time traveled and you were hanging out in Tunisia or John Favreau invited you to the volume to, to snap their, their version of a uh, most icely, but it's just, 
with your diorama buildings. And then I don't know if you were cloning all these Jawas or if you have that many uh, practical Jawa figures and the stormtroopers. But it looks like a it looks like a scene from the set of a Star Wars production. Yeah, this is um, I was really quite proud of uh, this. This was, you know, um, when I first started photography and Moss Eisley and Tatooine is my favorite planet. Um, and I just love the Moss Eisley spaceport. Um, so I, I never really had the time or space to make that many dioramas. Um, these are actually just uh, clients' dios that I built for them. Um, and then before I shipped them out, I set them up. You know, I think there's probably eight, nine I'm pieces. actually, Jay, you had a video on it, so I'm letting that roll on the stream. But Jesus, yeah, I mean, you can see the full scope of the setup, and it is all practical. Like, those are, those are all actual Jawa figures that he has, you know, placed many way out in the distance, some closer to the camera. Wow, look at that. How long, how long did it take you to set this up? and shoot and get get a shot to post um i think that was actually quite a a long one this one because maybe it took me about maybe an hour and a half to set up or maybe probably about two hours to set up and get i can imagine jesus and then once your camera's down then you move stuff around get walls in get figures in the right space, you know, uh, don't cover um, details with figures standing in the way. Um, <clears throat> but I remember, uh, you know, with uh, photography, you know, you have usually two batteries. So one one battery I use to set up the shot and then that runs out and my second battery <laughs> is then to I love it. take the right. But... I spent like two hours setting up this shot or an hour and a half setting up the shot, you know, looking on the live, the live view of my camera and then it ran out and I was like, right, I think I'm ready to take a shot. And I went to change the battery and I forgot oh, to no. charge it. No. And it was about one third morning, two o'clock in the morning. And cause I'd spent so much time doing it. And obviously I've got three children. Oh yeah. As well, and this was in there. They'll come knock that shit down as I soon as like, they get oh. up. Yeah, so I had to put the battery on charge and sit there and wait for about another <laughs> hour and a half, two hours. And then it was like three o'clock in the morning by then. <laughs> and then obviously probably another hour trying to get the shot with the, the, the smoke machine and the, the right light and everything. So all you know, it was probably about a four or five hours. See, people, oh. if you want production set quality toy shots, you got to be able to put the time in. And and this is all everything in this shot is practical, right, Jay? There there's no I mean you might have done some some yeah. color grading and whatnot, but uh everything Yeah, obviously um I mean I, I don't own Photoshop. Yes, uh, another anti Photoshopper, yay. Yeah, and and this uh, this thing goes back to the old school stars, you know. Um I like if I can't do something in camera I won't do it. So as you've probably noticed, and perhaps it makes my gallery a little boring, but there's no explosions. There's no lightsabers. There's no uh, blasters. Um, bolts, yeah. you know, um, as much as I'd love to perhaps at some point 
incorporate those into my, my shots just to freshen things up. Um, I like to do things practical, you know. Uh, I might add some bright eyes to the Jawas, perhaps, or you know, a little uh, lights on R2, maybe, or any droid. But um, apart from that, yeah, I try to do everything. And if I, you know, if I can't do a shot without Photoshop, then I just yeah, I'll just don't do it. That, no. That's um, that's kind of my philosophy, yeah. and that's not because it's just because I suck at Photoshop, and I also suck at uh, being imaginative. So I, I like keeping things simple and practical. I, unlike at Bud yeah. Fitu, his 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 setups are far from simple, as we just heard a, a four hour setup, but it but it pays off. I, mean, I, I think that's the point I'm getting to. Uh, to, to reach some of these, uh, the quality level that at Bud Futu gives you on Instagram, it is, it's a labor of love, right? I mean, this isn't, you know, some, yeah. some of us can't have that time to, to set it up. Some can, but look what can happen with a little uh, thinking, imagination and, and time. Yeah. And you know, it goes with, um, you know, my photography goes the same with my uh, dio building, you know, um, I think about it and try and produce it and try and make it. <clears throat> and with my shots, you know, I spend time trying to do that in camera. Um, and <clears throat> if it takes a few hours to do or whatever, then so be it, right. you know. Um, I just like the, as you know, referring back to George Lucas in the 70s, you know, um, he invented everything he'd done to make that movie. Um and I like to try and do a similar thing, you know. I try Excellent. and invent or make build everything for I that love shot. That. I mean, I I, um, I wish I had that that skill set to do so because I do appreciate the practicality of of your work. It, it it does make it feel that much more in universe, if you will. Uh, and it does. I mean, I can I can one hundred percent see your mantra of of trying to make it like George did back in the late seventies and early eighties, use what you got, uh, yeah. invent stuff that you don't get creative where you need be. And, and here we go. You can have some of these excellent looking dios and, uh, photography shots. Um, yeah. just, I mean, I, I've, um, yeah. I've kept you so long here, Jay. I know it's, it's, it's late out your way. Um, so I'll kind of move towards wrapping things up here, but I do appreciate you and giving us this time. Uh, I know it, yeah, no, no, I'm all good, mate. Yeah, just uh, let me know when you want to finish. I'm I'm good for another hour or so. <laughs> for, so for you, it's, I know it's a, like Wednesday morning, uh, and we got uh, yeah, it's uh, two two a.m. at the right. moment. But um, I, I guess it's all good. I've got to work. Just tomorrow, some so. other other things before I let you go. Could you maybe talk about some some tips to kind of give people? I guess we'll start with dioramas first and then we'll get into the photography, but just some easy kind of low hanging fruit type of tips for people that may want to get into or expand upon their star Wars diorama building. Um, well, I guess most important is what kind of shot you want to do, what scene, um, you know, obviously I've avoided, uh, death star, scenes because that takes a lot of work to build um you know Mos Eisley is relatively easy um they're rough edges you know it's textured um it's not like having space walls making space walls you know where everything's just clean cut 90 degree angles and perfect um that's a, that's a very hard diorama to build 
Um, and I guess that's why there's so many um, space walls out there that are 3D printed and stuff. Um, I've actually avoided 3D um, buying space walls because I'd like to create Death Star walls myself, but, you know, that takes a lot of time. But um, I guess just do what you can, you know, just uh, find a scene that you want to create and just try and build it, you know. Um, if you have to research and get help and watch uh, videos on how to do stuff, there's plenty of them out there. Um, just do it. Reach out to people. Ask for help. Um, some people can be a little bit sheltered with their tips. Um, <laughs> some can't. Just reach out. You know, I'm like that myself sometimes. You know, I've had people that make dioramas um, that sell them, the same ones as me, and then sort of ask me how to do it. And I'm like, well. Piss off. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's hard. I, I don't want to sound like a, uh, an I know, asshole. I um, but, you know, it's just, you know, I've spent a lot of time. Mastering um, your techniques. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask anyone for help. I didn't look on a YouTube video. I've done it all myself, you know. Um, when it comes to measurements, you know, because uh, I'm an admin for the 112th. Uh, custom diorama galaxy on Facebook. Um, and it's a, it's a helping Facebook group, but some people just don't want to try. Um, they just want everything given to them dimensions. Yeah. I, I, know, I know exactly what you're saying. It's great. I understand that, but I just think, you know, to develop your skills and make an understanding of what you're doing, you need to just do it yourself. You know, as I said before, make mistakes. That doesn't look right. Try again. Uh, measure. You know, research. Don't, don't be stuff, a, don't you know? be afraid just, to fail. Is what he's saying. And, and you probably will fail no, when you it. start out. It's just it is what it is. But you'll learn and get better. Yeah, you know, um, and you know, every 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 minute of you researching and looking. You're developing, you know, you're, you're finding your own way. You're finding your own um, pizzazz, I guess, you know. Um, just get into it. And if you fail, <laughs> just ask someone for tips, you know. You know, Just at least give it a go. Yeah, yeah don't, don't be hesitant. I think what he's saying is do or do not, there is no try, motherfuckers. Right? Did, did I summarize yeah, just, that correctly? <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just give it a go, you know. Um at the end of the day, you know, as I said, I've developed this myself. Um, and it's taken a long time. But, you know, there's Google. Get photos, you know. Right. Measure it up. As I said, an easy way of getting it. Get it on a big screen. Get a 15-centimeter ruler. Make that figure that big on the screen. Everything else measure and that's the ratio of what you need you you know? that was a great uh, tip right there i mean i could visualize what you were doing mate, and then you know you haven't got screen size for 15 centimeters half it seven and a half centimeters for a figure measure it and then double it when you create yeah. it you know it's um, that, was, that was good stuff it's simple math you know? i'm not an intelligent guy you know i'm not a i didn't go to university you know I didn't do um engineering or anything e equals mc squared yeah, you know, Christ, <laughs> just give it a go, man. 
Excellent. And then anything on the photography side of the house? Any any tips you want to leave them with there? Um, well, that's a bit more difficult. I mean, you know, with um, my maybe perhaps like scenery creations, I'm just copying an image. You know, I'm copying what someone else has lit up. I'm copying someone's placements. Um, although that, you know, it's not easy to replicate something. Again, you just trial and error. Snap a shot. That doesn't look right. All to this, you know. Um, I can't really give any. I actually, I think tip. when we were, when you were breaking down that that Jawa most icely scene, I think he gave some good tips uh, in terms of the, of the setup. I know one that I have fallen into over the years just doing this, you know, when I when I can. But setting up your camera first, and then placing out your scene. And always going back and checking your viewfinder with every little move you make in your scene. And the same can be said when you do your lighting, right? Anytime you, you drop a new source of light in, you're going to want to go look and see how yeah. much that changed the scene that you have crafted yeah. in the viewfinder. I think that was some good stuff you were talking about. And just yeah. having the well, patience yeah, to that set that up. I mean, two hours to line all that yeah. up to make it look right in your mind in the camera's eye. Yeah, that's it. You know, uh, that Mosaisi um, shot, as I said, I basically just sat here in this room, had a rough idea of what I was trying to get. You know, I wanted to get a long shot of a street. Um, I set the dials up, put the camera down, had my uh, live viewfinder out, you know, rather than going yeah. down. <laughs> You're getting, getting to the eyepiece. Live viewfinder. Uh, eat your battery up, but, you know, that's why you buy multiple batteries. And um, just sit it there, right? And you know, maybe the camera's not even the right height or focus or you know anything, but just getting your set set up. Look at it, you know. As I said, I might have a jar or a figure that's covering up a marketplace, or um, it's covering up a doorway. Um, then look, move it, get those right, you know. And I, I generally set up the diorama walls then the figures, then put the accessories down. And even just even small, tiny accessories, always make sure they're in yeah. shot, yeah. you know. Um, and then I lay the sand down. Um, and then I configure my camera, you know. I might move my camera to the left a bit, the right. I might change the, um, the lens. Um, and just, yeah, just work it you know it doesn't come quick some some people it does some people are naturally talented you know they just know you know and that's why you get photographers working on movies they know exactly what they're right. doing bang that's it um but when you're just amateur photographer um you have to play around you know you have to just play around and do stuff and try and make yeah, it's, it work it's very rarely uh, are you just gonna slap down a figure a background and your camera and be like yep nailed it and take a shot so just just no, account, right. account for you that know. have and, the patience and even sometimes if i've got the if if i can leave a set up um i sometimes even take the photo and i think i'm happy with it but i walk away for a few hours or even if it's late night wake up in the morning look back at the shot yeah that doesn't look right do it again change yeah, it, do you it know? again Walk, walk away. I do that even when I've done, you know, if I'm, I don't know, 
painting, drawing, or doing anything. You know, sometimes you just need to walk away for a few hours and then, you know, come fresh eyes, you know, open your eyes, look at it. That's right. Or nah. And then, you know, um, and I know what it's like with, especially with Instagram, you know, or, you know, you just want to get that post out. You, you know, you've taken a shot. You just want to get it out there and it's great. But, you know, rushing doesn't do any favours, you know. Uh, take your time, you know. If you want to get out there, you haven't posted for five days, so be it. Wait another day, yeah. you know. Just um, take your time, you know. That's uh, that's what you need to do and make it perfect, you know. Don't just rush it out. And you know, I've done that before, you know, rushed a shot out and then I've looked at it and I'm like, man, I wish I hadn't posted that, you know. <laughs> um, I, or, you know, even just, um, you know, I use... Uh, uh, Photoshop Express to um, change my photos, you know, the yeah. image a little bit. And, um, yeah, sometimes, you know, I'll look at it and I think, uh, you know, it's one o'clock in the morning. I'll wait till tomorrow. And I'll see it tomorrow. Colours too bright or the darks or the whites have been too much. And adjust it again. So I think that's um, a, that, that is a great piece of advice. I know it's something that I could probably benefit from because a lot of times I am editing later at night, and maybe half-assing it, and like, oh, yep, looks good enough. And then when you do post it on exactly you right, post on Instagram, you're like, ah, oh, shit, that it's too dark. It, I thought it was brighter yeah. than it was, and so it, it, I, I've I found this in other aspects of life. Maybe it's a video game boss you can't beat, but you walk away next day, you, you take them out in the first turn, or it's a, a computer programming issue you can't solve a bug you can't troubleshoot you walk away you come back and all of a sudden you're able to get over that challenge so i actually think that is a fantastic tip for this hobby and, and just yeah. you know sometimes we oversaturate ourselves with looking at our work or obsessing about a, a certain shot to the point where we may be over editing it or under editing it so stepping away and then coming back kind of like a palate yeah. cleanse uh, can really help you put those finishing touches on. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Palette cleanse, you know, as I said, I'm the same as you, you know, I'll, I'll shoot at night, you know, when the kids are abed and I spent two hours setting up and it's sort of one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning and I do it, you know, I'm like, oh, I just want to post it. I just want to get it out there, you know, I want to see if people like it. I want to get those, you know, I'll admit, you know, I'd love to get those yeah. likes, you know, if there's a great shot. But, you know, just sit on it, man. Just go to bed, wake up in the morning, fresh eyes, then post it. You know, you're not missing out on anything. You're not going to win an award over it. No, so. no. Uh, you know, and, and none, of us can, none of us can please the IG algorithm anyways. So just when you're ready, get them out there. If it's, trust me, if, if it's good, yeah. people will like it. Well, that's, yeah, that's right. If it's a good shot, it's a good shot. If it's shit, it's shit. <laughs> you know, um, rushing it out there and the just only thing i i will warn anyone again especially if you're a predominantly a star wars toy photographer or you mostly share star wars stuff if you do share another line of figure just be willing to accept the fact that it's probably not going to get as much love as your star wars work because first and foremost people are following you probably for your star wars work so uh, don't don't get upset if you if you throw yeah. up a GI Joe and it doesn't quite get the uh, the traction as your Star Wars shots. I just had this this weekend. I threw up a, a cloud from Final Fantasy and it was like wah wah. I mean, it just went fucking nowhere. But that's okay. I like the shot. I I knew it was going to go nowhere because my base is mostly Star Wars. Um, so 
Yeah, that's it, you know. I mean, when I was um, in Bali, uh, when we first started our travels, I took my first non-Star Wars um, photo of one of my son's um, dinosaurs in the bush. And I thought it was, I was really happy with it. It was great, you know. I had the sunlight <laughs> right, coming right. through. I had the smoke through. It was awesome. I thought it was awesome. Um, but I, I didn't post it on my Star Wars page because, you know, in my bio, it's six-inch Star Wars figures, original right, trilogy, right. you know. Um, and you shouldn't care, really. You shouldn't. You should just post whatever the hell you want, man. Um, but then it stems back to that, you know, oh, I don't want to lose any followers to post <laughs> one photo of dinosaur. Um, you know, I, I admit, you know, I, I don't, you know, it's annoying when you lose followers, yeah. you know. It's, uh, and you don't want to change that. But, you know, I don't want to start another account because... I've only took taken one photo. Of yeah, it's like it ain't, ain't <laughs> worth it just for that one shot. And start again and get that. Oh, no one's liking my stuff. No one's following me. And all that bullshit, you know. <laughs> well, this this hobby can definitely uh, do do that to the best of us. So, uh, oh yeah, it's uh, it, it'll yeah, it'll it's, fuck with uh, your head pretty- if, if you don't have your head screwed on straight. This this toy photography thing can really make you feel like a loser or maybe a, a bigger all star than you truly are. So it goes both it goes it is, both yeah. ways. That's right. You know they say about all these models that you know take photos of themselves on. Um, I found out that they have these uh, rooms that look like planes, private planes yeah. and shit yeah. like that. And they're so, you know, oh, I've, I've got to have likes. I put all this makeup on and shit and I need likes. And it's the same with toy photography, man. You know, whether you admit it or not, a small portion of it is that buzz yes. of people 100%, like percent, 100%. And popular, man. Everyone likes to be popular. You're fucking lying Thank if you, you say it's not. Thank you. Know. you. Um it's not why you do what you do, but there is that small portion, I think, that everyone likes to be loved, right. you know? Yeah, I mean, we, we could all we could uh, all take these shots and keep them to ourselves. We choose to put them on a public platform for a reason, right? Yeah, that, that's right, man, you know? You know? If, if I just didn't want it, I'd just get my mum to take a photo of it. And put yeah, it there, fridge, I was going to say, just, it is. Like, when, what Instagram technically has become is our, our parents' fridge. Like, look what I made today. Get a magnet and stick it up and let other people look yeah. at it. That's exactly what it is. Well done, son. That's great. I'm going to write an A plus on yeah. that. Good, good, on good job. Good job. Yeah. All right, man. I... um. Again, thank you for the time. It was awesome talking to you, learning a bit more about what makes you tick. Uh, one of these days, I'll, I'll figure out if we actually are related. Hey, Woods, you never know. Like I said, I think the H-E-Y is a very distinct spelling of the Haywood last name. Uh, but I, I do. I, I, pr- yeah. I appreciate uh, your time. Thank you very much for having us and uh, taking the time to uh, change your uh, schedule, man. I appreciate Not it. Not a problem at all. So everyone, thank make sure to check out Jay Haywood on Instagram at BudFutu which you can see on the live stream as well as I'll pop up his diorama page, uh, which is at blue underscore harvest underscore studios. Uh, at this point in time, Jay, are you open for commissions? Or are you closed currently on blue harvest? No, as I said, this is my bread and butter at the All moment. Right. So if, if you want to check out his work and you see any backgrounds or dios that really stand out, hit him up. Cut. Or something that I haven't made yet, you know, just um, send me a message if I can, if I think I can yeah. make it or help you out or do something, then um, yeah, contact me. 
Excellent. So hit him up. You want those uh, solicit, uh, solicitations through Blue Harvest Studios, correct? Yeah, just to keep. Yep. Yeah, it's just okay. Yeah. So any any so Dio commissions or existing products that that Jay has, make sure to get in touch with him at Blue Harvest Studios on IG. His toy photography, where you can see how these dioramas can enhance a shot if you spend the time, up to four hours, like you said. Uh, you can find all that at Bud Futu. All right, my man. It's been real. Yeah. I appreciate you. Right. Get some sleep down there, and yeah. uh, hopefully, you get back to your your home island at some point in time. Yeah, big luck, right. man. Thanks See very you. much, Later. Right All right, how was that, my friends? Let's go ahead and switch over to the solo. Get the solo chat. We got to try to get a uh, Nikki boy to call in to continue the show. That's right. We are not done yet. We are not done yet. I need him to show up just so I can take a leak. How was that, everybody? Did we like that? Was that fun? I, I had fun talking to Jay. Like I said, I, I believe we're related somehow because we both have the exalted last name of H-E-Y-W-O-O-D, a.k.a. Haywood Jablomi. All right, let me uh, reach out to Nick, see if I can get him to call in, then we'll get on with the topics. Uh, more importantly, I'll probably get on with my, my first urination. Uh, let's go. Let's go, Nick. Or Nick. I just said, I just typed, let's go muck. You think he'll know what that means? All right. So uh, I guess I'll just kind of vamp why uh, I'm hoping he can call in and get ready to go. Let's get our topics up for the day because we have a few things to talk about in the land of Star Wars as SW Props has alluded to here. Uh, let's go. So excited for this episode. I don't know. Um, I'm assuming people are waiting for me to, to pop off on our first topic here. The, the whole Corano deal. Uh, but who knows? I don't know where I'm going to go with this, this topic. We've had a few days to kind of stew on it. We've seen a lot of the vomit that's popped up on, um, that that's popped up on the, the interwebs. I just closed Nick out here. Here, I'll just call him. Uh, Sorry, Nick. Try again, buddy. I have my notifications turned off, which makes sense why I didn't see him. Uh, but like I said, we've this this topic's been beat to uh, beat to death. Hey, there he is, Nick. We got you. Let me let me unmute you. All right. Well, Nick, you you're, you just you just called in right after I got done with at Bud Futu, so we're moving into the topics of the day, and we're starting off with the one I think everyone kind of wanted to hear our thoughts on for some reason, and and I was just kind of parlaying to them like it's been so long in in internet time this Gina Carano story that a lot of my my uh, the fire in my belly has been tempered a bit. Uh, I myself understand uh, what it means when it comes to what I say and responsibility for what I say and then the accountability for what I say. Uh, so there are times even on this show where I question, did I go too far? Have I said too much? Excuse the dead air here. We had some issues with Nick's mic, but I assure you he'll be talking quite soon as I laugh. <laughs> see he'll be back don't worry use the force Nick use the force here he comes 
having lots of conversation about it. I chimed in once or twice and, uh, and that was about it for me. And it, and my whole thoughts of it stem around these around one thought. And it's, it's basically like, if I would have said this in my place of work, when I had a place of work, that wasn't my own house, would I get fired? If the answer is yes, I don't feel bad for you. That's, that's basically my thoughts on it. Um, and, and in this case, more than likely I would have either been fired or had a stern talking to. And if you've read any of the, the news outlets, or if you've read any of the reporting around it, you would have already known that, that the, the brass at Disney and Lucasfilm had already talked to her multiple times. And, you know, this isn't the first time that she's been in the media about, uh, about her social media activity and whether it be anti-maskers, whether it be, you know, her pushing the, the, the bullshit story about the election fraud and hacking and all that crap or, or the trans, uh, transgender topic and stuff like that. I mean, this isn't like her first. Yeah. I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up because the, the false outrage community, and that's what this is. uh, Let's be real. A lot of people that are posting on their social accounts about how angry they are about this and how they're canceling their Disney Plus to get back at the evil corporate Hollywood machine that is censoring all these beautiful conservatives. It's like you people don't give a shit. You don't really care. This is you pounding on your chest, on your keyboards, trying to draw attention to yourself first and foremost. All right. So. The, the whole false outrage around Gina's firing around this cancel culture misnomer in general is it's it's silly. All right. Uh, people like Ben Shapiro that hired her. He knows exactly what he is doing by jumping yeah. on this false outrage. It generated some buzz and clicks for his site. He doesn't give a rat's ass that Gina Carano, who probably already has millions of dollars in the bank, got fired from a job. He's capitalizing off of the off of the news stories. He's capitalized like he he recognized quickly that, oh, this is this is a story that that my base is going to exactly. get fired up about. So that's I'm just going to amplify it. And that's why she and, she and, sticks to it. She likes living yeah. in this. Oh, woe is me life. And, and Darth Jill's gills. See you later. Have at it. Unfollow all you want. Like, what is there not to get? She's not censored. She still has her platforms. Disney is a company. Lucasfilm is a company. And if you don't toe the line, whether you like it or not, as an employee, you're gone. They don't owe her anything. Yeah. It's not a, a, a right to work company. OK, they, they don't owe her a right to have a job based on whatever she puts out there on her social media. It's just we need to get back to where people understand the accountability for one's actions. Yeah. I mean, if you guys want to live in a world where you have freedom of speech and then also protection from accountability from your words, then that's fine. You know, that's that would be that would be, a, in a, you know, a very interesting world to live in because you could just say whatever you want and have no consequences for it. But that's just the, like, you know, Disney's a, a privately owned company that's publicly traded. And, and guess what? Like if you if you don't, uh, you know, toe, toe the line or if you if you get reprimanded and then don't change your actions, then you have the ability to get fired. Just like the guy who's working at seven 11, right. 
uh, or the guy who's, you know, pumping gas for somebody in New Jersey, or if you're working in any regular fucking, you know, workplace, like if, if you are a disciplinary issue, you get fired and that's how it is. And, And look, you know, like I said, if this was the first time that Gina had said something controversial or done something controversial while she was on the Mandalorian, then, you know, you could question like, well, did they, did they pull the trigger too quickly? But this isn't even the first time on this podcast that we've talked about her coming up in the media for saying controversial things on social media and stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, it's, you, you, you just have to, to, to be aware that just because she's a, a movie actress doesn't mean that she's bulletproof and that she can say whatever she wants. Right. Uh, and, and she can get away hey, with Nick, it. Are you, I mean, are you recording? I, I hate to cut you off, but I just, I'll, I'll I just started mine. Click the record now. <laughs> Click the record now. All right, yeah. Click the record now. So we'll 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 pull in uh the the uh the clean audio kind of at this right. point. Yeah, but what, yeah, what mean, Nick was what another thing here is a lot of people get confused on freedom of speech. Yeah, all freedom of speech means is you can't get persecuted by the government for for what you're saying yeah it doesn't mean freedom of consequence it doesn't mean you can say whatever you want while you're working for a company and and expect no repercussions Uh, and it's not censoring if you want true censoring and a true lack of freedom of speech go live in a country like russia yeah china over the over there that that, that's real cancel culture over there that guy that alexi guy that talks out against putin and then they tried to poison him once And for some reason, he went to go back to keep fighting the fight. And now they've just locked him up in jail. Yeah, that is that's cancel culture. That is the government literally (laughs) censoring and imprisoning somebody for speaking against the that is a deep that is deplatforming. And and look, you know, Gina is the one who chose like she deleted her tweets and stuff like nobody forced her to delete her tweets. Her Twitter accounts not suspended her. All of her social media accounts have not been touched. Because, you know, that that nothing that she get, did was against their TOS. This was a decision made by Disney based off of her past activity and her current, uh, you know, her the current stuff that she put out, comments that she put out. And she they were just like, you know what? We talked to you about this before. If you don't want to listen to us or if you if you want to continue to say what you want to say, then that's fine. You can do that. But we just don't want you to be on our program anymore. So you can go find work right. elsewhere, and she did. Yeah, and there you because you got a lot of you got a lot of the, and this is what this this that side does, like the the what about isms, right? Yeah. Well, what about what about Pedro two years ago compared when America was locking kids in cages to what it looked like during uh, the Holocaust with with Jewish people. It's like, okay, might not have been the, the best optics, but he was probably talked to. And guess what? He stopped yeah. doing Did it. Did you see anything else from his Twitter account recently? Like, go look <laughs> on Pedro's Twitter account. You don't see too much. Like, oftentimes on Twitter, all Pedro does is, like, retweet stuff from the Mandalorian. <laughs> um i know that yeah, he recently... I, I, I really feel like th- this was a this was her third strike and you're out yeah i, I mean, mean that's there was like you can't pretend like we haven't talked about something around her controversy before this like and that's what i was saying like three strikes and you're out yo and that's it she had her trans like her transgender 
rant and stuff like that that people that she probably got talked to about that people were up in arms about she had her anti-masker stuff that people were up in arms about she had her stop the steal election hack fraud stuff that she was probably talked to about so it's not like this is the first thing that's come up with her and look you know to me i don't i don't really care but then then again to me i don't care if pedro pascal got fired from the show i don't i i am not a person who gives a rat's ass about actors or actresses and the stupid things that they say or do. And, you know, if, if, if you really care that much about Gina Carano, the millionaire fighter who has acted in multiple movies and TV shows before this, then, then good on you. Give me a second. My cat's trying to rip down my, uh, guy. No, I I mean, he's, he's right. It, it, like I said, it goes back to the, the false outrage crowd. It's just, it's something to do. It's, it's that week's thing to get up in arms about and and, and accuse Hollywood of, of being this big cabal of liberals that hate conservatives. And that's the other thing I want to delineate here. What she was putting out those, if those are conservative values, which I do think they're becoming conservative values, then so be it. But that is not true conservatism. Yeah, like uh, being being a bigot and anti-vaxxer and a conspiracy theorist didn't used to be the core values of the GOP. Yeah. Uh, so that that's the other thing that they fall on that sort. Of like, oh, they just hate me because I I like Trump or the GOP. It's like, well just look what you're posting that doesn't seem very conservative minded to us go go ask you know republicans five or six years ago if the things that you're posting are 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 okay or 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 the values that you're espousing are okay i mean it's just well i go look at most republicans that now suck yeah look what they are saying about their their leader back before he became their leader lindsey graham has some of the best sound bites about how vile he thought trump was yet he was willing to, you know, drink, drink the jizz of the man by the end of it all. Yeah. So, and look, I don't want, you know, if this was a situation where she's getting arrested or if she's getting, you know, ex, you know, persecuted by the government over this, then yeah, there's a big problem. Yeah, that's there. that's fucked up. There's a big that's problem what's there, happening. and that is a, a violation of First Amendment rights. But that's not happening. Like Disney is an at will employer, just like most other places, like every place that I've worked was an at will employment uh, opportunity. And they were like, look, if we want to fire you, we can fire you. If we have if we have due reason to fire you, we can. And that due reason could be whatever they they make up to be. And if that's you know, if you want to if you want to go out and say, like, you're crusading against at will employers, then go ahead. But don't say that you're crusading against uh you know f- first amendment issues because this is not a first amendment issue right so i mean that's that's really i just yeah. i if we would have fired this shit up was it last wednesday or whatever when i think nick posted the news and people were coming at us on ig and like wah, wah, wah. oh we're disappointed in you star wars time show you're not a propaganda network like fox news or oann yeah. Or, or freedom america that just spins shit so we like it. it's like first we were just reporting it so back the fuck up yeah <laughs> and second like it's real life it is what it is people lose their jobs on a daily basis because of the dumb shit they do in their personal lives yeah, I, I just, it just so happens that these demi demigods that we make them because they've been in star wars or they've been on our little screens moving for some reason it's a much bigger deal for these people who guess what have way better lives and situations than most of us that are getting all butthurt over yeah, it. Yeah, and I mean, like, if, if you guys really cared about the at-will employment part of it or that, you know, 
people were getting fired for saying things that that's you know that that you don't think they should be fired for then why don't you go look up you know people getting fired anywhere else or people who aren't you know celebrities or stars getting fired for saying unsavory things on the internet or anywhere else you know you know what's funny is most people laugh when they see an idiot getting recorded on a cell phone camera saying something dumb and then finding out they got <coughs> fired. Like, right. that's usually what happens. They're like, ha look, it caught up to them. They got fired. But then when it's somebody that's famous, they're like, oh, my God, cancel culture. <laughs> this woman is being wrongly accused at all. Uh, it's like, look, cance- I, I, that, that buzzword needs to die. To me, the only cancel culture there is is if, if you have an agenda against someone and then you dig up their past yeah, to try like and get you, them canceled. If you, if you literally go like. And this has happened to a lot of people before. James Gunn. Yeah. The, the you, right, like these nut job far writers did the exact same thing to James Gunn yeah. and got him fired. For, by Disney, again. And look, if, you're, yes. if, if you if you want to say like, oh, Disney has a, a bias against conservatives, go follow James Gunn. He is not a conservative. <laughs> like, he is about as liberal as you can well, get. Well, I, I mean, he, he stopped doing that because he learned his lessons. But what he was doing, he was... Putting out very anti-Trump stuff. Yeah, but that's what. Yeah, it, exactly. And, then and the, this guy, like one, of, I, he's one of the big like far writers. But he is the one that started putting that stuff out there. Like, oh, James Gunn used to go to weird parties and mm-hmm. this and that. And here you go, he got fired. Yeah, then Disney fired him. So it's not like it's not a one-way street either. Disney has fired <laughs> hardcore liberals, and now I don't know what Gina considers herself conservative, Republican, or whatever. They fired her too. So it's not like it's not like you get fired just for your being conservative or espousing conservative values. If that's what you're doing, you get fired if you're dumb on social media and it goes both right. ways. It's, it's uh, common sense. Just know, figure it out. I mean, get yourself educated on what uh, what the First Amendment is and what freedom of speech yeah. means. I mean, and uh, try to figure out what a world where you could just say whatever you want about people with no repercussions would be like. I mean, Howard, my buddy Howard Stern did a great analogy allegory i don't know what the fuck it is, but, but i mean he's got to explain this stuff to people too uh, not that we're even remotely in his shoes but he was right where this caller called in and was like blah 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 you used to bitch about being censored and i was like we're not talking about the same things he's like what if i was allowed to on my airwaves every day to essentially say joe schmo from kentucky does this that and the other thing to little kids and I said it every day on my platform to the point where I ruined your life. And you know it's not true, but I can, I can keep saying it because there's no responsibility and I have no accountability for what I'm saying about you. Would you like that? And the guy's like, Ooh, you know, he, he still couldn't come around to that point. But think about that. Yeah. Think about it. Even on our little shitty show, if we picked out one of you and we had your real name and your address and we just said all this bullshit about you. And there was no accountability for the bullshit. How would you feel? Yeah, I mean that would be pretty. Terrible. I mean, true, true free speech is a is a terrifying thing. Yeah, it's like this this little experiment that certain people want to do. I believe, at least here in America, where they don't want democracy, they want no law, they don't want a a big government presence, and they want free as fuck speech. That's I guess how I'll classify it. Mm-hmm. What would that life be like where there is no one to help you, uh, no big government to bail you out? Look where Nick's at right now. He's in a state where I believe two weeks ago threatened to secede from the union over some dumb shit. This week, they're begging for federal aid because it snowed three inches. Yeah, like literally there are people 
a, a mile away from my house who haven't had power for 48 hours and there it's 10 degrees inside of their house like we just literally we just lost hot water in our house and luckily we were able to get it back like you know there there are laws and there are things in place for a reason and and yes people government isn't all that bad i mean how do you like those highways and those interstates yeah i mean come on and it's like anyways go ahead i mean and and just to like close this I, i i'm not saying that i hate gina carano i think she says very stupid things on on social media i don't know how she is as a person i've never met her as a person i can't judge her for that or on that at all and and as an actress i mean like she did she was perfectly serviceable as 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 cara dune i will say that you know out of the three main characters like she was probably the weakest actress but that's to be expected because she's not an actress by trade um and you know We'll we'll see what Disney does with the character. I, I mean, if you want the lowdown on her as an actress, and and this isn't my own opinion, this is coming from people I know in the industry, stunt people. Yeah. First first line was like, I I can't believe they didn't fire her for her acting first. <laughs> I mean, and then I was like, well, well, is she even good at the stunt stuff? Because I think that's why initially she was brought in. And yeah. he's like, no, not really even that good. Yeah. I mean, and, and I'll I'll tell you as a fan. First season, I thought Gina did a, a pretty decent job. Yeah. I mean, episode four, the introduction to the character went off pretty well. And really, she wasn't that pretty, you know, didn't do anything that was memorable from the first season, but also didn't provide any awkwardness. Mm-hmm. Season two, I feel like she regressed yeah. I mean, in, in her I, acting. I just, like, she definitely wasn't in it as much. And I don't know if that was an intentional choice, because neither her nor Carl were in season two as much as season one. I don't know if that was just the storyline playing out and those two characters weren't as involved in the story that was being written or if it was if it was done in a particular manner. I mean, the way that I always look at actors and actresses performances and anything is like, can you remember a memorable line from them? And for for Pedro, obviously you can for Carl, you can do the magic hand thing. Uh, I mean, even for like Nick Nolte's character of Quill, you know, uh, I, you know, I have, spoken. I have spoken, um, you know, even like with Bill Burr in season two, everybody remembers that conversational piece that he had with Valen Hess and, and all of the stuff that went down on the base. Um, and, and for Gina, like she didn't really like, she, like that character doesn't really have any many memorable lines, at least off the top of my head. I mean, I didn't, I'm not going through and I'm digging to see what she said, but she doesn't, she didn't have that many memorable things. I think she was brought in as like the uh, physical presence more than anything. I I mean, in the end, I don't think it's that big of a loss. I'll I'll just put it out there. I mean, I I don't, I don't think this has derailed the Mandalorian in in any significant way. Uh, If you want to believe the rumors, she was either going to get her own show and be the lead but that got scrapped because of the wonkiness last year, mm-hmm. or we all think she probably was going to be in Rangers, but I think they can, they can pivot yeah, that, from that, that as can... well. Cause l- let's be real. I'm pretty sure they had a backup plan for this actress for at least a year. Yeah. Cause she, she started getting weird about this time last year when all the lockdown yeah. stuff started. I mean, to if you, in. if you believe some of the reporting from the bigger outlets, they, they've said that, you know, they were looking for a reason to fire her for up to two, like two to three months. So this isn't like, you know, the, it's not like this happened. And then they were like, oh, we have to fire you because of this. Like they've been looking to get rid of her for one reason or another for a while now. So 
I mean, and and just to close it out, if you if you're one of those people who are like, oh, I'm gonna unfollow, like Matt said, whoever that guy's name is in the beginning, like I don't care who listens to this show. I don't care how many fans we have. I don't care what your feelings are. Like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to do a show with my good buddy, Matt, week over week. And if you guys listen, that's fine. And if you guys don't, I don't care. So, like, I mean, I I, I, I echo his statement, although I need the followers and whatnot. <laughs> but if if you are a shithead and you unfollow, that's that's fine. Yeah, I that's won't, on I won't you. miss any if you, shitheads. If you don't, if you don't want to listen to us anymore... Because of this very measured take about Gina Carano, that's right. totally fine. Go for and it. And notice there is no yelling and, and name calling where you, you probably have gotten from other podcasts that may have been on the other side of the fence here. But it's just, I've, it's been so long and it's such a who gives a fuck yeah. burger in the end that the that the 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 passion for me to kind of call out idiots on our instagram it's just it's gone i don't care yeah it's like this this story i i even feel like we're giving it more life than it even needs this many days after it was uh, announced yeah. I, I think it'll be completely dead by the end of this week and everyone will forget why they were so outraged uh, of about gina that's, carano that's the getting internet go. that's the internet time span like the the memory exactly. span is about seven days so, you know, yeah. we're, we're right this now we're gone. on day five. So trust me, by, by the time Mando S3 rolls around in 2022, yeah, no people, one's yeah. going to even remember. If they So quick question before we move on. If they choose to recast the character, who do you think would be a good choice? I, someone and there were there were fans kicking around even on our discord. Join if you want. Use the uh, bio link on our Instagram account at Star Wars Time Show. But uh, there was one, and I, I forget her fucking name, so this is going to do zero service to the podcast and the stream right now. <laughs> I think it was but, Laura. But Laura? The, it's something like that, but she's she's got the look. She's not quite as beefy as Gina was, but she's got the look, and I'm, I'm assuming she also has the the chops to, to act and maybe deliver lines a little mm. more fluidly than Gina. I know you threw out... Uh, Lucy, what, Lucy Lawless. Xena. Yeah. She used to play Xena in Xena Warrior Princess, and like... If you look like Lucy Lawless has aged really well. So she I mean, she is significantly older than Gina Carano, but Lucy Lawless like looks younger, much younger than she is. And I mean, if you want to talk about one acting chops, I mean, she's been an actress in Hollywood for many years and two physical presence. I mean, you got both of them right there with Lucy Lawless. I mean, there is an issue with age, um, but that's, you know, that's a that's a big now, do, do you even feel that a recast needs to happen or can we just let this character die in the credits and get explained away yeah, in a sentence? I mean, I really feel like she's not a necessary piece, honestly. Like you could see towards the end of season two that, you know, giving her the badge and all this other stuff that they were probably angling to take the character somewhere. But you can also use it as a way to to remove her from the fray entirely. Like she's now a part of the New Republic and. You know, right. she she's yeah. not in the in the galaxy, you know, or, or bumming around Navarro anymore. Uh, I think it's probably easier to write her off, but it also depends. It's really up to John and Dave. It's like, do you like they'll probably ask him, like, do you want the character? If you still want the character, we can replace the actress. And that's really what it comes down to is like, do you think there was any I guess let's, let's kind of dive into the, the to the behind the scenes. Do you think there was discussions with the creators oh. or was this Lucasfilm just going, we got to fucking pull Rip oh, no, and get that, out of this? There was definitely conversations with John. I mean, there, there were probably conversations with John and Dave, like when the first controversy popped up, you know, like way like, way like hey, hey, guys, you may want to start 
uh, maybe creating some side notes here yeah, for it's like just, uh, potential character death or just a new character. Yeah, just be aware. I mean, I, I I seriously doubt that this decision was made without at least discussing it with John and Dave right. beforehand. Yeah, because in the end, they're they're still a company. They're a company that believes in money and making money, and they were not going to just. I don't believe hastily uh, uh, kind of clear the map or, or get rid of some player pieces for these creators. Yeah. And look, if, if <laughs> you know, I, I think that that John and Dave probably understand what like the reasoning behind it as well. Like you've heard very little from them after this went down. And I just, you know, I, I don't think you ever will. Yeah, I mean, no. I'm sure people will ask them, but I, it's just going to be nah, nah, not not taking that question, nor yeah. should they. I mean, they're, they're fucking artists. They're not the bosses. They don't. Yeah, they may say we want this person, but they're not the ones officially hiring them and giving them their Lucasfilm contract. Yeah. I, I'm for one, like, let, let's not recast. And it's not like, oh, well, fuck Cara Dune. Fuck, I can I can kind of disassociate the character from the actress that's not hard for me yeah i just who cares like just let her go give her a hero's death or something like i said explain it away to mando if he asks about her or anybody and move on and, and as Devin's saying in the chat maybe bring in lucy for a brand new character yeah or, or create a new strong female lead and i i think that's where i would prefer them to go versus trying to recast mm-hmm. an existing character because it just never really works. Yeah, for me in my head, I always will see Gina's face as this Cara Dune yeah. character. Like even for for Taylor and I, when we watch shows and a recast happens, like I don't know if anybody watches Riverdale, but uh, Riverdale recast the character of Reggie after the first or second season, and ever since then we've just been calling Reggie New Reg, and he's been in the show yeah. longer than the old Reggie was. And but it doesn't feel right. It just, he, it just, he never yeah. will feel the, the like the original. Yeah. Um, and in, in terms of bringing in a new female, you know, female character, female lead to be in the show. I mean, we have a story coming up about that pretty soon down the line here. And the character that we're going to talk about makes sense in terms of timeline, makes sense in terms of how they would fit in the universe. So, I mean, it's a it's, it's a it's a good possibility that that we one could too. See. And Nick, maybe maybe you can uh, kind of refresh me here if it's eu or whatnot but i i've i've learned through some of my flipping and reading of the scrolls yep that leia might have had a sister on alderaan like a stepsister-ish sort of thing i anyone any of you eu hound dogs or comic book lovers is am i just pulling that out of my asshole or what i mean in, in i i don't remember anything from what i read um, and the you, I wasn't a big comic book person though. So if that popped up in the comics, then uh, I yeah, probably I did, I, missed it. Um, and I could be hallucinating again. I half the time I don't know if it's late at night if I'm looking at actual real stuff, yeah, or if it's just imagery playing in my head. Yeah. Um, I don't know because based off of what we heard, I mean, at least what we heard from Bale, you know, in, in episode three when he takes the children. Like you never, he never mentioned any other kids. I don't know if you ever saw Leia around. It's, I mean, again, it's Star Wars. Yeah. They could fucking make up, you know, uh, J- Jara Sloom and be like, all right, cool. Yeah, exactly. So sweet. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, like, I mean, you're allowed to have your own opinions on this. This is our opinion on it. We're not going to persecute anybody or say, you know, like I, I poke fun at Greg because he was posting some, some stuff on social media about it and everything like that. Um, but 
you know, you're allowed to have your own opinion on it. But the, the fact of the matter is, is like what happened here is not some great injustice, like in terms of the law itself. <laughs> yeah, so. It's like, no, no, no laws were broken. No one's uh, life was fucked over outside of what they brought upon themselves. Let's just we need to get back to that understanding, especially people in positions of power, which she had in this country across the world. If you're a celebrity or a rich person, you have a lot more sway and power than us lowlives that do Star Wars podcasts in their fucking basements. So you probably are going to be held under a larger microscope than a Matt or a Nick. Yeah, that's that's just part of being famous. That's part of making those millions of dollars and having your face on billboards and in commercials and on movie screens. There is a downside to fame, and that's one of them. But held to a higher standard. Is how people so would put it. Get so. used to it. Hey, there, we got uh, Jesse's up in here. What is up, everything? All right. What's up? All right. Nick, l- let's get away from this stinky poo poo story. <laughs> like I said, it just, it, it gave me a lot of heartburn last week thinking about it. And I, I've been thinking, I've, I've dedicated way too much energy to it all, but it, it usually goes back to everything with what has happened to society. It's just me trying to reason why other people are just dead wrong on a lot of these issues. And, yeah. Like Nick said, hey, we still like it. It's just an opinion. Our opinion on Gina as an actress, that's an opinion. What she did, that's black and white, right or wrong. Like there, there's no there's no wiggle room with that. If if you pop off and act like someone that can't represent the brand you work for, you're gonna get punished. Yeah. I mean, get like I've literally worked with people who've gotten fired because of things that they said in the workplace. So right. it's not I mean, like new to me. Read the fine print. It means something when you sign off on a TOS. They can come back and get you, yeah, and 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 counter claim all of your claims. Like, nope. Well, look there in Article Two, Section One Thousand. That uh, Article Three One Two Four Five. See, yeah. I mean, you every, can't say every dumb workplace shit. you walk into and you and you work in has a personal conduct policy. I mean, that's that's the, that's the fact of the matter. It's just it, it, it really it went from, you know, a, a group of people that were like, hey, fucking take care of yourself. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps have gone to wow, you know, that's mean. Don't be mean. The man's holding us all. It's like, no, fucking be accountable for yourself. Whatever happened to that mantra with 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 that uh, political party? Yeah. Right. Fucking kick ass and take names. That that that's what a Republican used to mean. Yeah. Like fuck all you pussies. I'm gonna do what I need to do to be a great American hero. GI Joe. <laughs> all right, uh, I gotta take a straight piss, my friend, because right. I've got about an hour and a half on yeah, you. you. So you're, let's, you're in a little bit longer. Can can you? Uh, I will handle the, the in, introduce the Republic Commando uh, port because yes. I know we got some fans that are probably excited. I'll be right back. Yep, Thank yep. you. Yep. So. Next piece of news up is video game related, and I'm starting to get a little un- unexcited by a lot of the video game news, but there is a Star Wars Republic Commando port coming to uh, new consoles soon. So basically this tweet was leaked um, a couple, uh, six days ago, and if we look at the article here, you can see that the the image itself that's associated shows... The studio it's coming from, which is Aspire Media. Aspire Media is heavily invested in Star Wars remakes and ports now. We can see that. They're doing the the Nice Little Republic remake slash remaster, whatever you want to call it. And now they're, you know, it seems like they're confirmed as doing the Star Wars Republic Commando port. And for those of you who are unavailable with video game lingo, what port means, port is just literally 
taking the game as it existed before on whatever console it was on and then making it usable on different sets of consoles. Um, that's exactly what happened with the Jedi Knight uh, games, which was also done by Aspire Media, where they essentially just took the games as they were, made them playable on Nintendo Switch. Um, that, so this is likely what's going to be happening here for Republic Commando, taking it from playable on old consoles and PC to making it playable on Switch. Um, so no new content, no upresing, no full-on remaster slash remake like we're getting with KOTOR, a simple port of the game. Um, when I saw this, I told Matt, I was like, you know what, man? Like, I know that a lot of people are going to be hyped about it. Maybe Spencer. I know, you know, Spencer Barron, our PR well, guy. Big, big, big Amish just went, can't fucking wait! Yeah, big, there we go. The, the, the TikTok intern as well, Big Amish. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have this. Like, this is another situation where it's like, I have the game. You know, I have it on PC. Um, <laughs> you know, this one's a, a bit different for me than uh, KOTOR. Because KOTOR, I have played multiple, a lot. Yeah, multiple a lot. Times. This one, I know for a fact, I just played it once. This is at the tail end of my college career. So I was a mess of a human, still more concerned with going out and doing a little ee-ee-ee-ee, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I, I only played it once. I did enjoy it. But it's been so long, Nick. I, I I don't even know if I remember all their names outside of like fucking Scorch. Yeah, the one you just said. <laughs> so I kind of would like to relive this again, albeit if if it is just a true port, that means you know they might upgrade the the resolution a bit. You, you would have to do some like rejiggering right. for to make it right. look right on proper TVs. It, it, I'm I'm envisioning, and and this is why I think it's going to ultimately be disappointing, but I, I think it's going to look like KOTOR if you loaded your Xbox, mm. regular Xbox disc in, into a One X or a Series X and had it do its thing. Yeah. It it looks better than on the Xbox, but it still doesn't look like they, they retexturalize everything. They didn't bring in new assets. They just kind of upped the fidelity a, a, a bit. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, man, it's it's cool that they're doing this because it does. It brings these classic Star Wars games that did kind of, you know, bring in new characters, bring in new storylines and, and introduce Star Wars to a to a new audience. Because, you know, at the time when this came out in what, in 2003, I don't know when the let's see when. The, yeah, it, it, it's got to be, dude, it's got to be like oh one oh two. I'm yeah. thinking. Oh, five. Wow. Oh, five. We're okay. Off. Okay. A little bit. See, Big kids dumbies. don't be like me in college. Oh, five. So, I mean, <laughs> there's been a lot of, you know, visual updates in the last 16 years. And it also, you know, like, oh, five is when video gaming started becoming like a, a true global phenomenon. And like Star Wars video games are sometimes how people were introduced to Star Wars in general. Like, a lot of people, you know, played the Star Wars video game, and that's how they are introduced to it, and then they became yeah. A fans lot of, of a, a lot of the prequel era fans I know are, are homers for Republic Commando. Yeah, and, and I do remember when I went through it, it was a fun game because it was squad based. I believe you have to rotate through the clones to uh, do certain things on missions. I think you control them all, but you only control one at a time. That's what I mean. It's it's it's, it's been so long since I've played this. Even as a port for the Switch, I, I might I might grab it, even though it's not going to be the, this KOTOR remake that we've been talking about, where it does sound like they're going to 
up the visuals, give it a modern design aesthetic, uh, make it look all shiny and nice. But it's just been so long since I've I've uh, hung around with Scorch and the boys that I I don't know. I get what you're saying. It's like what what happened here? We learned about Lucas Arts or Lucasfilm Games, and now it just seems like all these remakes and ports are getting announced. Where's the good shit? Where's yeah. that Ubisoft game that we're going to be talking about next? Uh, but this one, just because of my my lack of experience with it, only played it once. I I would love to maybe go at it again, and I I really do think on a Switch is a perfect platform for this type of port. Yeah. Uh, which which also got the the Jedi Outcast, it got the Jedi Academies, and I'm telling you what, buddy, every time I see those go on sale, even mm. though I know I played them and they're not modern visuals, yeah. I I'm very tempted by the dark side to buy those for the Switch Dude. because it's portable, I, I, it's Star Wars, it's nostalgia. Yeah, I I loved Jedi Academy was one of my favorite Star Wars games ever. I I loved playing, like I love the story. Uh, of being a, a Padawan, Jaden Core, the Padawan who joins the, the the Jedi Academy, and you know the the Darth Talon, and all of the things that you're doing, you're learning along the way. You get to choose your lightsaber style. You know, you want to dual wield, you know, single saber. You want a uh, a double blade. It was really cool. So yeah, I mean, but that's the thing for me is like you know, I'm a PC player. I have. I'm looking at my Steam library right now. This, how many games do you think I have? I have 296 games on Steam. Oh yeah, people. like good luck. Yeah, so it's 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 an addiction. How, how many times? How many times have you bought the Star Wars bundle over and over? I only bought. So I think I bought it twice <laughs> because once I got it once, and then the second time they released, like the next year, it had different games in it. Um, so then, so like the way, oh, that, yeah, they do that. They do that. So you keep buying it, but there's always overlap. Yeah. So you're, you're really getting fucked in the end. Yeah. So, but I do, I mean, like if I go through it, I have like classic battlefront two, 2005 empire <laughs> war, the gold pack, dark forces, uh, Jedi Knight, dark forces Two, Jedi Knight mysteries of the Sith, Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi outcast. That's Kyle Katarn, um, Jedi Academy, old Republic, uh, nice of the old Republic two Sith oh, yeah. Lords, Republic commando uh you know have you have you played any of them did you buy the bundle and actually play one yeah, or so you like I me played, just bought the bundle and then never played any so i've played kotor kotor 2 empire war <laughs> oh, um i've played uh jedi academy again and i think those are that's all of the ones that i've played from this i i may have booted up classic battlefront 2 before new battlefront released from ea um, so I played a good a good bit of them, but that's not, not all. bad. You you've done pretty good for a Steam sale because yeah. I'm I'm the sucker that they make these sales for, where they they give you a nice nice looking dollar number. Yep. And game total, and if it's Star Wars, it's like oh okay sure. Easy. Yeah. I buy I literally Nick I I bought the bundle probably three or four years ago. I didn't even install a game. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just bought it because it was Star Wars and it sounded like a great deal. Oh yeah. No, dude, it's I, I totally get that because I've been bit still by like that Steam? before. The people still like Steam, or they all move to Epic. I think most people are still on Steam just because of the the variety of games you can get. There seems to be more games that you can get on Steam than you can yeah. get on Epic. I don't know. Yeah. Like I I I had the Epic Games launcher when I was playing Fortnite in like early beta, and I I don't even have it installed anymore. 
But it's just like it's it's so hard for me to move away from Steam now because I have so much on it. <laughs> like, right. It's it's just like, what's the point? Like, is there a reason for me to go to Epic and not be on Steam? But yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't know, man. I've, I've fallen I've never prey been to in that the, before. The... Same thing that you have. It's like, oh, man, this is on sale. Five dollars. <laughs> I, I got I it. I got to get it. Five dollars for 50 games, yeah. even though you'll never play them. But go, fuck it, you got to have it. It's like it used to be a meme in the game community. It's like Steam summer sale coming up. What are you going to buy? <laughs> Steam Christmas sale. Get ready. Oh, it is the best. It really is. It's it's it preys on that FOMO aspect of, of people like me, that people like to collect. <laughs> people like to know that they have sometimes multiple versions of the same thing uh yeah i, I guess i'm glad i, I don't uh, set up my steam client anymore because i'd probably still get suckered into it dude every summer even though i i do not like playing uh, computer games. it happened to me like yesterday so i'm like <laughs> I'm on, I, it, it's dude I, I i feel kind of bad i'm on steam i'm like all right you know i'm playing a game on steam that's how i play uh swotor is through steam i boot up the steam launcher something pops up XCOM 2, $5, 95% off. Hell yeah. I'm like, man, I could, five bucks? I'm in. I bought it. Uh, and like, and then. It's funny you bring <laughs> that up, game, because I'm, or Nick. Hey, game. game. Hey, game. <laughs> I've been playing through Gears Tactics, which is a, an XCOM. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a turn-based strategy. I, I forgot how much I love that genre. Dude, well, if you want to love it, if you want to get XCOM 2, $5 on Steam. No, don't, don't worry about it. I got an XCOM 2 PlayStation 4 disc unwrapped sitting in my stack of, of gaming backlogs. There you so. go. But yeah, dude, it's just like they, they'll every time you open up Steam 2, they throw it in front of you. It's like, here's know, it's fucking hard. sale. It's on sale right now. Their, their, targeted, their targeted advertising is perfected. Yeah, they, they, they do a real good job there, so um but yeah i mean battlefront 2 i mean not battlefront republic commando port coming soon we don't have a date on it it is from aspire media so the guys who are we thinking it's it's only going to be switched then like the other ports from these like the the mid era the mid 2000 or early 2000s because i believe the switch now has what pod racer jedi knight 2 jedi academy uh, and it looks like they're probably going to be getting this Republic Commando if you read the, the tweet here. Yeah, it's the tweet says Switch. I mean, again, this has only been leaked. There's no actual media out about it from, from Lucasfilm or from Aspire. So we don't know the official platforms that it's going to be coming to, but if it does follow along with the other releases of games in this era, it's probably going to be Switch only. Or yeah, PS4. I, I, PS4 got one of them, right? PS4, yeah, you're right. Yeah, PS4, PS4 got, I think got Jedi Knight. Pod Racer, maybe? Hey. I can't remember. But they got one of them. So um, I, I've skipped the others. This one, I, just because of what I said a few minutes ago, it, it's been a long time. I've only played this one, so I, I think I probably would uh, install this one on the Switch. But only if it's a sale. <laughs> I can't buy games on the Switch at full price. Yeah, I, I mean, if this is going to be like a... $60 purchase or even like a $40 purchase. I don't know if I could justify that. That seems a bit steep. No, ten, $10 or less is where yeah. I'm at. Yeah, so uh, probably not a Especially buy Especially because this shit, I, I don't know if it's just a stream size at that time, but if you look at the screenshot on the live stream, they're saying it's only 43 megs. I don't know if that's actually... I mean, content I'm guessing size, it's, 43 I'm guessing megabytes. It's the, which would kind of make sense, though, dude, because games that came out of course, they're not ago. big. They're not yeah, big. They're not huge. And especially now with like, you know, being able to compress your softwares and stuff like that. I don't, but I don't know if content size is like 
you know. I think it's just the amount of data streaming on the video capture they're doing. Yeah. That's what I think that means. Yeah, because it's right next to video capture, so... And then it's like checking his blood alcohol content at the at the bottom there, and it yeah. passed. So. <laughs> BCAT, none. The game definitely was not drunk. Yeah. So. All right, I'm sorry to be eating here, people, but I knew I'd be here for a good part of my day, and I gotta go do uh, throw around some rubber in in the in the uh, my my man gym, the garage that is. Yeah. So I'm eating some meat sticks live. So I apologize <laughs> for that. There we go. All right. So next up, we're staying in the game realm, and we're going to talk real quickly about the newly announced Ubisoft. Uh, yeah, we, we got a slight game. update, right? And this is factual. This isn't rumored shit. Yeah. Um, this came from the Ubisoft, uh, Ubisoft investors call, I think, last week. Some dude on there, Daniel Ahmed. I'm guessing he's a, a game guy or cover something. but. He- Works for I don't know senior analyst at Nico Partners N I K O Nico. All right, so he he was probably just he's probably a money guy and he was yeah. listening to her earnings call and, and he came away with what he called his his big takeaways. Uh, some of it's just Ubisoft's commitment to AAA and 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 porting AAA to mobile or making the same experience mobile AAA blah blah blah. But the stuff we are concerned with is about the Ubisoft massive game, which Mm -hmm. we know is reality. We know it's open world, uh, but we did get some updates here. We now know for a fact, and this kind of sucks. I think it gives us a good window now when we'll see this open world Star Wars. We know for a fact that this game, the open world Star Wars, will release after uh, Ubisoft massive's avatar project. Okay. Um. So, if we're thinking this Avatar project is going to release within the window of the Avatar sequel... 2022? Right. That's that's kind of what I'm getting at, my friends. Um, I would... If this is legit, and if game development carries on like it has throughout the, the past 10 years, you're talking two to three year lead time for a big-ass game like this. And if they're not even going to start... Uh, where they're probably working up if if they're not going to release this open world star wars until after their avatar game i'm thinking like nick said 2023 something like that yeah when it because the avatar sequels before disney was like yeah we quit we don't want to make star wars movies it was star wars movie avatar star wars movie avatar i think now star wars movie avatar it's supposed to be avatar 2022 star wars 2023 Avatar 2024, Star Wars 2025. So it like skips each year. So we so the Star Wars movie and that's what they may be aiming for. Maybe they're they're aiming to release these games in cadence with their their associated movies. Yeah, Nick Nick's right. I just want to clarify, but they're shooting for December of 2022 for, for Avatar. Avatar 2. Yeah. And then December of 2023 would be the Star Wars movie release window. Which we're assuming at this point is going to be Rogue Squadron from Patty Jenkins. Um, yeah, you'd think so. The other big piece of news here is it's going to be using the Snowdrop engine. It's not really surprising. Snowdrop engine is Ubisoft Massive's proprietary game engine. That's what the, uh, the division was built off of, and that's what uh, some of their other like some of their other high end AAA titles are built off right. of Snowdrop engine. Um, and and the I guess the reason to care about that is I explained it a little bit based on what I read, but Snowdrop was created for efficiency over realism. Yeah. 
uh, like Nick said, for watchdogs, that's what it was developed for, to create those uh, procedurally generated worlds as you're walking so you don't have a lot of load times. So from what I've read, Snowdrop allows developers to kind of get a game world up and running pretty quickly mm-hmm. because it, it's not the system's not being taxed the engine's not being taxed on visual on on ultra ultra (laughs) spit that dick out son ultra realism there you go (laughs) yeah and and that's not necessarily a bad thing because a lot of the games that we you know that are these open world kind of sandbox games don't look the best but the world is very immersive um, I mean, that's what you could say about, if anything, about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, Assassin's Creed doesn't look great, especially not when you compare the new Assassin's Creed Valhalla to something like Ghost of Tsushima. But the, the, you know, the world is very big. It's very immersive. You can get kind right. of lost in it. So maybe that's probably more what they're going for. They're not going for like the visual fidelity like EA did with the Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2 games where it like it looks awesome, but the amount of content that you get is very small. They're going right. for large amounts of content, huge open world, immersive immersive quality to it. But you're not going to be looking at, you know, Jin Sakai with his hair whipping in the wind or, you know, you're not going to be, uh, you know, Playing Kylo you know, with his cape uh, and his uh, lightsaber, emitting all of these little s- things. Since you it. brought up my boy Jin, yeah, I actually think they achieved both in that game. Yeah, they, they got a that. massive world that that generates on the fly, but they also have that detail. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's why I agree with you that if you were going to give kind of like an open world sandbox game to a studio, I really wish it would have been Sucker Punch. Yes, but, just just cl- I'd know. be like, listen, motherfuckers, just. Clo- like change the assets you can keep the same damn game just change the assets turn grass into sand yeah turn the pagodas into you know uh, tatooine huts yeah or coruscant structures and ship that bitch yeah and then all you do is you take because ghost is separated into three sections just take those yeah. three sections make them three planets <laughs> that's it easy See? You know, See, sign us the fuck up. We don't know how to code for shit. Change but your, we got the ideas. Change uh, the horse. Kage was my horse. Uh, yeah, just change it to a fucking t- speeder, a speeder bike. bike. Yeah, <laughs> and then he doesn't have to talk to it like like Jin talks to the horse. Just take yeah, out and, those and, voice and instead of using instead of using the wind for your direction, it, it's like uh, midichlorians yeah. dust or something. You see, like the midichlorians come out from your chest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you feel which the, way do I go? You Qui-Gon. feel the pull of the force. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. There we go. So yeah, you no, you feel the pull, and it literally you see your character like just getting dragged. Yeah into a yeah. certain direction just like go this way, way or um but yeah i mean small updates it does suck that we're gonna have to wait till post avatar for this but knowing that it's avatar it seems like you know uh that these two franchises you know avatar and disney are, are it seems like they may be treated in similar ways now from disney yeah you yeah. know they're both going to ubisoft for their games uh you know they're both slated for uh interval year movie release schedules so i mean good to know that you can and, and you know we, we may be a year or a few months off because i i would think just because this genre has all but died and correct me if i'm wrong but there really are the movie game genre is gone right yeah. there there hasn't been a 
and we even got some for the prequels where you know you, you had that obi-wan game that was Dude, loosely you had based on phantom three game where you could like, change the ending that's what <laughs> i mean but there there you'd always get a game that was loosely affiliated to a movie yeah. and it was usually pretty shitty yeah yeah uh, but i think they just killed that like i it doesn't exist anymore so the, maybe that like the the one that that truly killed it was this most recent recent avengers release from square enix I don't know yeah, what I've the heard. I don't know how the game is. I didn't play it, but apparently it did horribly. And that was supposed to be like the most people looked at it as like the companion game to the Avengers movies. Right. But you know what I mean? Like it used to be a thing. If yeah, a movie no, came out, especially a summer blockbuster, you were going to get some half assed in a box game. Yep. Uh, as a compliment. So, you know, maybe if we're lucky, this Avatar game goes first to remind people of avatar because it's been a long time i mean james and company has taken uh what is it we're going on 11 12 years at this point in time yeah dude i the can't original. remember when avatar was released so it, 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 this could be kind of the the soft reintroduction of oh hey you guys remember this shit that made everyone believe in 3d and buy 3d tvs and it actually was a great piece of new ip from a man who is quite talented in the industry, if not kind of a, a dick to people, but yeah. shit, <laughs> he can cook up some universes that are very, very intriguing. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully this Avatar game is kind of the precursor to the movie. Uh, that might mean we, we get this open world Star Wars 2022, but more than likely, like Nick said, I'm thinking this is 23 beyond, sadly. Yeah, I, I think so as well. So that's the update there. Nothing huge, um, but... You know, good to put it out there because I think a lot of people were hyped about this and there could have been some angry fans out there if we get, if we get around to end 2021, you know, mid 2022 and we haven't seen the yeah. game yet. So T temper your expectations. The other thing that we didn't bring up, but a lot of people are now starting to kick around that this is probably going to be around or set or based on the Mandalorian could be it could it definitely could be and i at least like because I, I sometimes will read what other people are writing so i can steal their thoughts nick because <laughs> i don't have original thoughts and and a lot of the sites old gaming sites some of the people i used to follow are like yeah rumored to be centered around the mandalorian so i'm just kind of running with that myself and it would make sense if this is open world Knowing what we know about what has happened in the first two seasons, as well as really the wide open book moving forward with all of the uh, uh, spinoffs, if you will. Yep. Uh, Mando open world is uh, is perfect. A lot of I opportunity mean, that, for interplay between, like the like you yeah. said, the characters of Book of Boba, characters in Rangers, characters in you know the you know Mandalorian. All these characters can kind of play together in a video game. Would be a cool way to do it. So. Um, staying in the video game world for a little bit longer, we got another piece of news about a, about a, an actress, a character from the Battlefront 2 campaign, and that's Aiden Verzio. So, um, Aiden Verzio is voiced by Janina Gavankar. Um, right. if, you know, I don't know if people who know who she is outside of, uh, Battlefront 2, if you ever watched The League, um she played shiva in the league i don't know if anybody if anybody knew that but um janina was uh on twitter as she usually is she's oh, actually, i love it yeah she she's she, she basically fan casting herself is what i'm thinking or do you think she knows something and it might have gone a, a little too far kind of pushing the writers yeah dude i don't know it's like 
the way that she positioned this tweet. So basically what happened was some some person on Twitter put out there like, so what's Aiden Verzio up to around the time of the Mandalorian asking for a friend and then tagged, you know, at Janina <laughs> Gamakar. And then she she comes back and she tags Walt Williams, who is a writer for Star Wars Battlefront Battle 2, Star Wars Squadrons, and Mitch Dyer, who is a writer for Star yeah, Wars they, Squadrons. They Battle created Front the 2. character. Yeah, so... And she says, want to let them know? <laughs> and this got a lot of people out there thinking like, oh shit, is she going to make her right, way that, in? That's you know? kind of what I'm, I'm thinking is like, does she know something and she's skirting the lines of her uh, NDA? Or is she saying like, listen, motherfuckers, these people aren't wrong. My character would definitely be heavily involved at, during this timeline, especially with the New Republic. Uh, she would have the freedom to kind of travel around, would make a great ranger style character, her and Miko, right? Yeah, dude. Um, so it, it, there's a lot of sense to it, but I, I guess where things get even crazier, Mitch actually replied, and he replied to a fan that said, Aiden and Miko should be hanging out with Zay, who is a four to five year old doing the post-war family thing. And Mitch Dyer replied even better, yeah. as in... That's what she's doing, dude. I, I I think you I think you nailed it. Like you know you were you know you wrote this article and you put in there that you know she would be perfect for Rangers, and I think that's spot on, dude. If you're looking for Rangers characters, that's kick ass fucking Ranger right yeah, there. Yeah, you can't beat that former Imperial shock trooper turned rebellion soldier. Uh, I mean, and then just her. I mean, you know we've we've said our pieces about the Star Wars Battlefront games in the past, but. There's one kind of shining light yeah, between any of those it's games. That campaign with her. Yeah, it, she was fantastic in it as Aiden Verzio and the story Operation that was being Cinder. Told. Operation that, Cinder. I'm, right? Yeah. Didn't Cinder is Cinder a genesis of Battlefront, or did they co-opt it, or were they the ones that created Cinder, which has now made it in the Mandalorian? I think so Operation is, is. Cinder was already out in novel form before. Oh they yeah, the three, those three yeah. books, those, the, the, the aftermath, the aftermath or books had yeah. already introduced it. Um, but they used it perfectly, and I think that Janina did a great job uh, of bringing that character to life. And we know that she has live-action acting chops, so I mean, like, m make it happen. Make it happen. I just remember, like, she is so into this character, too. I, I don't know if any, if people remember, but at E3, she came out fully decked in the Inferno Squadron TIE Pilot uniform. Popped the helmet off. I mean, she completely embodied the role of Aiden Verzio. I believe her father was one of the, the main... Imperials in charge of carrying out Operation Cinder. So there, there's a lot to this character that bleeds right into this timeline that we've all become fascinated with thanks to the Mandalorian. Yeah. And I think her being a part of Rangers, Miko, the the other dude, what's uh what's the alien's name? The big red eye guy, bald head. God, he's a god. I can't remember his name. Yeah, e either way, they they're perfect for ranging because that's essentially what they were doing in the game. Yeah. Like once once she crossed over and was working with the rebe uh, the the rebels, they were essentially Leia's pathfinders, mm -hmm. going out there kicking ass. I, I, other names we've seen thrown for rangers now would be Poe's parents. Yeah. I think Shara and whatever his name is, who we're reading about in this uh, in the Star Wars comic right now, they're kind of dicks. But these are the Rangers. Yeah, you know we don't we don't need Cara Dune. We got we got all these great characters right here yeah. that bring have in. already been going out and ranging. Yeah, bring out some other characters. I mean, and just for for Aiden Verzio's character specifically, being a former Imperial, 
the level of knowledge that she would have about yeah you know hello the mayfeld yeah about mayfeld yeah, i mean well mayfeld is an example of what that's you what could i mean get, but like even her level of knowledge about fucking uh about what's his name gideon or any of the imperial yep. remnant that's out there you know, she she even, you know, her father was a part of the Imperial Remnant. He was supposed to go out and like he was, you know, ordered with executing Operation Cinder. You saw that in That's Battle what I mean, Frontier's he they, they like blew up their home planet. He did it. Yeah. So her, her inside knowledge about the Empire, I feel like her to a, even to a further degree than Mayfeld, because as far as we knew, like Mayfeld was kind of a, you know, he was a, a, a lower level guy. He was a soldier. He was a foot soldier. He was out there in the field. But like Aiden was a commander, like she was pretty high up in yeah. the Imperial ranks. She ran Inferno Squadron. Yeah. So she she was a pretty high ranking person. So the level of of knowledge that she could bring to somebody like the Rangers, like a, a team like the Rangers would be invaluable. So and we also know they make it all the way up to the Force Awakens. Yeah, because they they're in there as their old selves when you get to that timeline in the Battlefront 2 yeah. area. I think Dell gets killed by Kylo, right? Or no? I, don't, I know that they um, Dell gets wasted either by their former Inf- Inferno Squadron compatriot who didn't cross the lines. Mm. Uh, or yeah, like uh, when Kylo kind of calls them, they get called to that that planet. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's I, I like what the actress is doing. I mean, we don't know if it's lobbying for herself or if she does know something. Yeah. This but is- if you kind of peel back the layers... The character makes perfect sense for what Disney, John, and Dave and company are doing with the live action Star Wars TV shows. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only thing that she said, you know, obviously after the entire Gina thing went down, everybody was talking about recasting or getting somebody else in there. Um, it, you know, she's, she put out this tweet after somebody said like, hey, get Janita in there. She says, quick reminder, this is Dave Filoni and John Favreau's show. You love it because they make great decisions. They'll handle this moment with grace as they do with everything Thank in the you. galaxy. So, I mean, Thank you. You know. She may know something. She may know something because if we know... I, I any, hope she does. Yeah. I hope she does because I, I really think I enjoyed the character when I first met her in the game. It's one of the only real enjoyable aspects of that game to me. I know a lot of you have found life in Battlefront 2 after they unfucked it. Um, but I don't know. I, 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 she, she just seems very dedicated to the franchise and I think the character, the stories we know about her are, are perfectly cooked and primed for what we are seeing happen in this Mando timeline. Yeah. And if we, if we've learned anything from John and Dave, we know that they, they're willing to go deep into the straight lore. So I will never discount any type of speculation, regardless of how far fetched it may sound at this point. When they when they uh, tapped a Skywalker for their show, all bets are fucking yeah, off at can, this point. Anybody is is fair game. Now. I, I'm not going to make any more <laughs> firm uh, predictions where I say I'm going to beat myself because I just don't think it's going to happen at this point. Anything can happen in John and Dave's sandbox. All right, so th- this is kind of time for me to take over again here because we did get a new comic i'm gonna try to keep this quick because my back's starting to hurt and i'm going on my third hour uh nick nick did the discount version of star wars time show today i'm kind of jealous trying to get hot water back in my head it's all good we, <laughs> yeah. we had a good talk we had a good talk with jay he's he's a good guy nice. i think he offered up some good tips so if, if he did come in late 
if you are someone that, that, that likes the toy photography, the Star Wars artistry aspect of the Star Wars Time Show, we did have a guest to lead off episode 149 at Bud Futu, a.k.a. at Blue Harvest Studios, both counts on Instagram. Uh, he is, in my opinion, the Dio King, as most of you uh, believe. But check it out. Check out the segment. It should be up on YouTube today, and then we'll have the audio version out tomorrow. But like I said, uh, I'm the kind of the comic book king over here. At least the whoa, whoa. sorry guys, Explosion. that one. I I knew it could happen. I am eating live on the show. Like I said, I got to keep <laughs> got to keep the machine fed so I can go throw around some rubber in the garage. Uh, but anyways, I, I do the comics, and last week was a Vader comic release. Woohoo! Woohoo! And boy, oh boy, Nick, did issue 10 of the most recent Vader run get things back on track. And by that, I mean Vader was kicking ass, not taking names, and also reflecting on his past uh, to really give us a... a an even better picture of where his mind frame was at going into Return of the Jedi. Yeah. I mean, you, you uh, said that this this had been down a couple of weeks in a yeah, row, right? Yeah, you know, it just like, it, it's like, oh, he had to talk to the Eye of the Webbish Bog, and then he had to beat up the 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 droid, whatever the fuck their name was, of, of Bastoon. He did the fun stuff with Ochi, where he's ba- basically just fucking around with him now. Remember, we left him. <laughs> Ochi is literally in an escape pod, stuck to the bottom of Vader's Jedi Starfighter that he picked up. <laughs> they, they've gone through hyperspace. They're currently sitting outside the Red Nebula of Exegol. So <laughs> Ochi's just like getting hit with radiation, all sorts of shit, and no one gives a fuck, but that's why we love Vader. But the thing we the 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 canon entry or the interesting canon we got from Vader number ten is the fact that this Sly Moore character we knew she was around because I talked about her a few episodes ago. She was the one that essentially hired Ochi and was overseeing Ochi's assassination attempt of Vader. So again, this all comes from Palpatine on down, right? Shit rolls downhill. It's no different on the dark side. Palpatine's like, listen, this dude. Started to get a little too cute, a little too emotional after he had his fight with his son. He needs beat down and broken again by all of my hate, all of my assassins to get that anger back built up. So we know what he's done. He beat the shit out of him, left on Mustafar and sent people to kill him. Well, because Ochi failed, Sly comes back and takes another chance. This time... She has three Star Destroyers with him, <laughs> with her, against Vader's old Jedi Starfighter with an escape pod attached to it. <laughs> so, so what do you think she does? She, you know, opens fire. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He's, it's, he's Vader, one of the greatest pilots in the galaxy. Yep, yep. And she's like, all right, now we'll get him. She sends like a couple squadrons of ties at Vader. He's just going, boom, one, two, three, four. And before you know it, you realize he just took out 11 ties by himself in about a minute. To where she's like, all right, fuck it. I got to kill this guy. So she she forces the, uh, the the three Star Destroyer captains to unleash all of their TIE Fighter squadrons at once. Oh, my God. <laughs> so in this comic, Nick, you're not only getting great visuals. You're not only getting... Vader doing what he does uh, behind the 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 yoke of a starfighter, uh, but you just see what it takes to try and kill this man. All right, yeah. we have three three star destroyers. Couldn't do it. 
11 ties couldn't do it. So they send legions of them and you see them in the panels like they're just there's just flowing out like you're dumping out cereal to boxers like blah, they're going crazy vader's like okay I, I probably can't survive this so what does he do instead he's like you know what fuck them i'm gonna go take on the summa verminoth which is that big thing from solo right the thing that was hanging out in the mall trying oh, to eat yeah. the millennium so falcon we just called it the space squid <laughs> right well okay. it, I, I i verified it as a summa verminoth there is go. the appropriate term for us dorks that like to figure out fake science fiction <laughs> classifications i don't know i don't know what animal kingdom he was from or you know what his latin name was but that, that's what we're going with <laughs> So Vader's like, whatever. He flies right at this thing. This thing's trying to swat him down with his tentacles. They get into the the red nebula. And, and this is where we get to see Vader's inner workings. Because apparently the, these verminos, they can, they can fuck with your head. Uh, they can make you see things. So they're or, psychic too. Okay. Exactly. It's almost, I don't know if it's like that. Uh, what's the thing that, what's his name, breaks out to read uh, Bodhi's mind? it. Yeah, the bull golly, <laughs> our, our boy Saul. Yeah. But it, it seems like that type of beast, albeit it, it floats in space and whatever. Yeah. So here's where we get some interesting kind of behind the, the mask, if you will, with Vader. We get, he, he essentially has a vision, Nick, where he directly correlates his high ground battle with Obi-Wan in his subsequent high ground battle with Luke on Bespin. And if you think about it, Vader did have the high ground when the duel began. Yeah, right? He, he was up on the steps. Luke was down below. He didn't give him the high ground speech. But I think what Vader was essentially equating in his mind outside of like, I'm a big fuck up. My son is going to kill me and become the next Sith because that's where he ultimately goes. That's what that's how Vader processed. So the he vision. didn't think that like that Luke was just trying to defeat him and then defeat the emperor. He's like, he's trying right. to kill me and then become the new. Exactly. Seth. Okay. So you actually see Luke stab Vader out. Vader's dead and he walks off with the emperor. But like I'm saying the whole time and it's in comic book panel form. So, but I imagine these are flashes in his head. Like he, he gets the the high ground and it's, it's Obi-Wan saying it to him as Anakin. And then yeah. he, he juxtaposes the image of him being on the high ground and his son kind of foolishly coming at him like, I'll beat you. I know better than you, old wise guy. And I think what he was doing, he was, I don't know if he was seeing his own mistakes in his son or or what but it dare i say it was it was kind of beautiful to to see the man of vader in this severely fucked up mental state that he's been in now for 18 plus years now that he knows he has a son his son is like him it's like he's trying to reason his life choices with what he's seeing his son do as well as how he is treating his son and and like i said to him he believes that he has failed ultimately and will be put down by his son and his son will assume his mantle at the side of the emperor. Yeah. I, I don't know. It was, it is yeah. probably a little deeper than my weak ass brain can kind of <laughs> interpret when it comes to how you should break down visuals of a severely disturbed person. But it seemed like he was kind of equating his major duels in life to that duel he just had with his son and how duels with Vader and former friends or masters usually don't go well. Dude, if you, if you think they oftentimes have high ground involved, too, because even the last battle 
the battle on Death Star 2, Luke ends up on that fucking pedestal and Vader's down yeah. here. And that's when he throws the saber and cuts the whole thing down. Yeah, he's, so they're he's like I mean, I'm not letting much, anybody get the fucking high ground over me. Anymore. Exactly, like it's <laughs> like I I don't know if that's Lucas just being Lucas and yeah. creating the mirrors like he always does, but apparently the high ground meme and as much fun as we've had with it has been a theme throughout Anakin Skywalker's dueling career. Yeah, I mean it really has. I mean outside of his his fight with Obi Wan on the Death Star, where Obi Wan went into that knowing he was going to die. Uh, Vader had there is something to say about Vader in high grounds yeah I don't know why I don't know I mean obviously <laughs> the high like having the higher ground in a battle is a is a well-known military tactic and stuff like yeah, that with guns like, yeah because you can shoot down at your <laughs> targets down. it's easier to shoot down than to shoot up uh, it gives you natural cover because you it's harder you're obscured if you're looking at an upward angle uh but yeah he used that a lot and it probably a lot more than we thought you know yeah so who knows like to me i i really appreciated the imagery because like i said you're you're seeing behind the mask which you don't get in in the movies whatsoever you don't really get it at all outside of these comics about darth vader um but yeah it's just it's just crazy stuff the high ground and really if you think about the high ground and Re- revenge of the sith it is so ridiculous it's like why didn't anakin just jump to solid ground and then just walk, walk up to obi-wan and start fighting him with a fucking saber yeah just, mean, just just get off of the fucking thing <laughs> that you're on the lava and just walk right i mean that's why what luke did on, on despin he just walked up the stairs at him <laughs> <laughs> it's like why the fuck do you have to do this crazy ass like double flip to try to get behind I'm more Kenobi? Powerful than you. <laughs> yeah, like he, he like he like fucking farted or something and just turned into like a rocket ship. I, it is like cuz you know what Obi-Wan's saying cuz like Nick said that that's like old school. I'm sure it was in the art of war like if you have the high ground you will win because yeah, you're you're fucking shooting shit down at people trying to get to you or they're trying to climb up walls as you're dumping tar and lighting them on fire. I don't understand in melee combat how the high ground yeah, gives you anything. I really don't understand. Actually, being lower than them is probably more beneficial yeah. in melee combat because you have easy strikes at their legs. Like <laughs> you can just swing at their legs and they have to swing down at you. Like it, it seems it's like, like it's I mean, Anakin that. really does. He just forfeits at that moment. He's like, all right, fuck it. I'll just jump up <laughs> right at you. And so I'm completely undefended and you just slash apart my remaining appendages. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's why we love him though no no wonder he was so fucking angry going into the armor i would be like damn it i am an idiot (laughs) idiot he even told me i should i should have foresaw that if i jump in the air at a guy with a laser sword he'd be able to slice and dice before i land but oh well (laughs) yeah oh well live and learn i'll be here again 10 18 years down the road when i piss off palpatine and he smashes my parts and leaves me here to die um so, you know, like I said, it was a real good Vader comic. It ends with our boy breaking the rules because he's finally, you can tell that Palpatine's plan has worked. I, I know like a lot of us are reading this. We're like, yeah, Vader, he, he, he's going to get Palpatine. We, we know what happens, right? Because this is still pre-Return of the Jedi. But while you're reading this, I, I assume there's people going like, oh, yeah, he's getting tough. He's getting tough. Palpatine's plans backfiring. Look how strong Vader's getting because of all this. <laughs> That's what Palpatine wants. Yeah, he wants Palpatine. He want, and, and Vader explains it. He goes through the, you know, the fear and the anger leads to hate and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, hate leads to power. And he's like, fuck it. And he uses the force 
on the Summa Verminoth, and the way the issue ends, it's 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 as if he has taken control of it, and he is about to storm Palpatine's compound on Exegol with wow. all those Sith acolytes and followers. So that's where we Shit. leave things at. Uh, but Vader, yeah, he remember he wasn't supposed to use the Force, so Ochi's all freaking out. But at this point, Vader's like, "Fuck!" He's you, like, man. "How are you going to stop him?" <laughs> He's like, I have tapped into a new a new level of power thanks to the trial Palpatine put me on, and now I'm really going to see what he's up to on Exegol because I got this beast. He is. He's like a beast rider at this point. Yeah. And it's almost like he's going to mow over the structure, which we know doesn't happen because of Tross. But next issue, Vader is going to go into that same citadel that Kylo and Rey traveled into. So I think we should get some interesting canon bits for that. Very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems like this picked back up in a big way after a couple of down issues. So nice yeah, to see it's, it back it, on track. Some good art, good just fucking Vader being a badass. I'll take Vader being a badass art any day. And he did it both in space as well as on the ground with the force and it's just again just angry pissed vader there is no better yeah. vader I are, mean, are this guy's sure? are you sure that angry pissed maul is not better than angry pissed vader? Uh, <laughs> power wise no i mean I, I still think anakin had that the the, the power Probably over so. him and and i do you're you are right nick but my number one is still the, the big guy. Yeah. Darth Vader is still number one. Maul made him, you know, he got himself close. He's in the two spot, but Vader is still number one. You're right. You're right there. Um, but, you know, there there is some Maul news floating out there. It could be news. It could be nothing. All right. So we, we don't want to put this out as like, Or it could be shit, like on ready. our post because... Uh, Oh, sorry, Tones. I um, I think I scared Nick a few years ago when we set up our website. I'm like, hey, if we got imagery, try to reuse it. But he just re- he only reuses featured images, which you know, as a web as a webmaster, I love the guy for not eating up more space. But sometimes on a story like this, it may it may make sense to drop the new image because Nick, I don't know if you read the comments on our, our post on Instagram. They were probably like, he fucking this was an old thing. Hey, like, hey, you guys are wrong. This isn't what he did for the Clone Wars, <laughs> idiots, <laughs> dummy. I'm like, okay, okay, well, they're they're not like, they're not completely wrong. But if you go read the article, you'll see yes. that Nick did pick up on the new it's post from the, Ray Park. It's in the article. Yes, I, I reuse <laughs> images often. In fact, I reuse the same image twice in a week with the battle Republic with the Commando. Republic Commando image. <laughs> I got it. I, I know so, what you're up to, but but these people don't. I know. So, yeah, we, we also, do understand. We do understand that Ray Park worked in Clone Wars and did mocap for season seven. The image that he was posting is this one you can see on the live stream right now. And it looks like the the head cap that Ray has to wear when they start to put the makeup on. Him. Yeah. So if you see this, this, this Instagram post, which a lot of people picked up on, I mean, really it is, it's, it's the, it's the mall head cap. You look at it, he says, meet me on Dathmere as his caption, Sith life. I don't know what TAO means, um, but the hashtags he use, <coughs> he uses are hashtag solo, hashtag mall, hashtag Ray Park, Darth Maul, Star Wars, Sith life, Sith rule. So like, to me, this could simply just... Yeah, what the just, fuck does Tau mean? That's what I was going to say. I don't know what TAO is. Anybody TAO out there in the it's, in the peanut gallery? Yeah. I don't I don't know if, like, that's... If this is, like, a Ray thing. If, I mean, like, Tau itself is, like, a, a religion. Taoism. Um, right. Stuff like that. So I don't know if, if, if that is, like, his espoused religion or anything like that. I mean, that. It, was just ni- it was just nice to see Ray back posting on social media, and it's not his dick. Yeah, his penis isn't in it, so that was a good move <laughs> to start with. 
Um, but to me, like these hashtags kind of lead me to believe that he's just rolling with like, this is a shot from the mall. Uh, of, of course it is. I mean, Nick, <laughs> you and I were nuts. Yeah. Uh, me even more so. I'm on Star Wars leaks every fucking day. No way would a Star Wars actor be allowed to share this type of shit if it wasn't for an already released role. Yeah, dude. They're, they're, how the, like, do you really think that like. He's going to put this out. I mean, just think about all of the... <laughs> yeah, like, the, oh, hey, fuck, I'm playing Maul again. Solo 2's happening. Yeah, like, all of the subversiveness that went into getting anybody into a show, like, even amongst the leaks and everything, like, you could, you had, like, rumors and leaks around Katie being Bo-Katan, but you never saw, like, oh, here's the Bo-Katan helmet. Right, she wasn't posting like herself in the, in the wig. <laughs> you know, you, you don't see the Ahsoka headdress before, uh, you know before the season two of the Mando came out, anything like that. So this is almost definitely just from the solo set. Of course, of course it is. But why is he sharing all this? I think that that's the question we should be asking, not what is he doing? Ooh, he's going to be mall again. Look at these pictures. Now, these pictures are clearly from years ago. But the fact that he's done it twice now within a span of three or four days, yeah. it's like, is he missing the character? Did he really get let go by Disney, as some people speculated, because of his dick pic? I, don't I doubt it. I doubt it. I mean, I, I feel like that in that instance, that was probably a simple... It was either one, a hack, or two. Like, he just right. simply fucked up. Just fucked up. And, 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 and put that on there. Probably drunk. Um, but yeah, if you look at it, he, he put the headdress up, and then on... Uh, what you call it? On Monday, he puts up this you know, this image of him getting the face paint done and everything like that. Right. And then I think it was, yeah, on Monday again, he posts up another like fan art of Maul. So I don't know, man. It could be, it could be that, that he may have heard something. Something's in the works. Like, Ray, you're coming back, man. We're going to bring you back. You're going to be back in the, in the black yeah, and it, red. It has to be. Um, and, and if you think about it, there's some possibilities, you know, there, there is some possibilities for him to come in outside of a full on solo too. Uh, we know Kenobi's happening. We also know that, that, that at this stage, Ray, I mean, not Ray, Maul is still alive. We think this Kenobi series that's coming out, Maul's still alive. Very possible that we get a little bit of Maul and Kenobi given Fuck the fact, yeah. you know. Bro, it was on. Like, I mean, without them just coming out saying, hey, here are the scripts. The cast didn't say as much. The cast said as much when it was all, you know, out in the press. We got material. Yeah. Ron said it. We got material. Yeah. Like, they were planning to extend that solo franchise into a franchise. So there's no doubt in my mind that, that Maul would have played a role in Solo 2 or Solo 3 if they went that far. Exactly. 100%. 100%. You, you still need, because, you know, Maul's story is fully told, but like a lot of stuff in Star Wars now, there are gaps that can be filled in. We don't know how Maul went from running Crimson Dawn to being the crazy guy on Malachor looking for a Sith holocron because he has to kill Kenobi. Like, it's gotten that bad that he he gave up all his power. Yeah, a lot of time to fill in there. And, and here's the thing, like, he could work in Kenobi or Andor, realistically, because and if we go far back enough in Andor where, like, you know, Cassian is young... 
you still have crime syndicates being run. You probably have, like, the rebellion is probably not only dealing with, you know... I mean, that's probably the when they're at their their peak of power, right, Nick? Right when the yeah. right when the the republic falls and the empire's trying to take hold of the galaxy, you have so many vacuums out there that powerful people are going to take advantage of. And we know what the fuck this guy was up to right at the end. Yeah, and, and like that's the story that was being told in Solo at the end is like how these crime syndicates were actually hurting the 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 rebellion because they're siphoning off all of this hyperfuel right. stealing and like the resources. resources exactly so exactly in andor it is very possible that cast one of cassian's missions is to like infiltrate one of these crime syndicates yeah, and, i i like where you're going you know, stuff like that and that is i mean that is that is a genius way to get them back in if they're really going to hold firm and i know there's still a lot of people out there that think the solo movie was a, another bastardization of the franchise and the yeah, character I, I just everyone wants that. to fan cast another guy because he does a good impression of harrison ford i thought alden did just fine i i really do enjoy solo it's a fun type of action star wars movie dude it's a great way if you want to introduce anybody to star wars show them solo honestly like yeah. it's shorter yeah, than right. most of the movies you're probably right and it, it doesn't really get into the mysticism yeah. too hardcore it is more of a a heist yeah. film but then as you have those built. icons in there like those star wars right. mainstays and chewbacca and, and han and you're like look that's han solo you say if you say han solo to anybody they don't they know oh star wars star wars guy he, there he is and that's the first movie that I showed Taylor, and she was like, "Oh, this shit's actually this is pretty cool. I like this. This was fun." Um, so it was, you know, I think that Solo is a great way to introduce it, and and I think that Andor is another way that you can kind of pick up on that story thread that was being told at the end of Solo with the crime syndicates, how they're affecting the the rebellion, and bring Maul in that way. Um, I'm just like fanboying out on Ray Park's Instagram right now. I mean, Ray, <laughs> Ray's Ray. got some fun shit on. There. I was, he's got his, like he, know, he's whipping a big bushy beard now. He's got a lot of gray. Quar- like he's got the uh, uh, Reed Richards uh, Fantastic Four gray going on the sides of his head. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's a bad motherfucker. I I I like Ray. I, he's I, a crazy I, dude. dick pics or not, <laughs> I'll always love this guy. He is one of the few panels I've gotten to see at a celebration live. He was the main dude and it was Warwick Davis. Warwick's one of the best MCs out there, by the way, for Star Wars panels. Yeah. But Ray just he he had so much energy and passion for that panel. I mean, he's up there doing like, oh, I mean, he's basically redid the entire Phantom Menace fight air fighting with someone's sword that they threw up to him he called people up to duel with him and he just the the passion he had about the role of maul yeah and 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 the 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 kind of martial arts that he brought to it from his his personal life he is a great guy to listen to he's just one of those high energy dudes that isn't you don't feel like he's just nothing but testosterone like he's not like like that type of shit He's just high energy and makes you feel like you, you want to get up and start doing fucking flips and shit with him. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's it, it was really cool. I got to see him one time. He was at a Star Wars day in like in Disney before Disney bought Star Wars. It's probably like 2006, seven, like right, like right post rots. And he was there. And Billy D. Williams was there. And he was he was actually up on stage kind of interviewing Billy. 
and he did his little like he took one of the sabers from so like he, it was a parade yes. like he took the saber <laughs> yeah. from a kid on the parade route and did a bunch of moves with it and shit like that i mean he does seem like a cool ass dude so um i hope they bring him back in man because he, he he really does bring that physicality to hey, Maul ma- maybe we maybe we get team. ray on the show at one point in time because so far any stunt person we've asked to do it they don't want it they're like Nah, ask the first unit. We were trying to go after second unit kid that played Luke, but he's like, nah, you should talk to the first unit. It's like, they're all scared to fucking talk. It's like, dude, no. It's like, the reason that we reach out to you is because we want you on the show. How about that? Exactly. We don't want it's first like, unit guy. Like, like, talk about yourself. It's okay to, to take pride in your work. I mean, as I said before, what shows are out there talking to the stunt people? The people that make our action yeah. fucking look. You would rad think it'd be easier too, because you're best friends with a stunt guy. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I know. Well, I could probably have him force them to do it, but that I don't want that. Like, I, I don't want him browbeating them to help me out. Yeah. It's like, well, it's fine. I don't care. It's like it is what it is. Like you said, I'm not as you know laissez faire about the show as as you are in terms of oh, I got to have followers. You know me, I'm a nut. Yeah. I, I would like a bigger audience, but it is what it is. I think we do a good job. I think we have fun on the show, and if they want to come and play, they can. If they don't, then uh, so be it. Oh, well. Uh, Ray, we're here for you, though, buddy. Yeah. Dick dick pick and all. If you want, to, you want to throw out your schlong, we'll let you do that live, whatever you want to do. You want to do some kick flips, some bow staff twirls, we're here for you. Yeah, all 200,000 uh, of your followers, too. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I, I love the guy, and... and I, maybe he's just trying to juice up his algorithm again, uh, but maybe he does know something and he's just doing the ultimate kind of tease right now. And I'm hoping it's the latter. Yeah. Uh, but if it's not, it's just nice to see Ray making the Star Wars rounds. Dude, if I anything will say else. that if you if you look at some more recent photos of him, like people were kind of shitting on Ray because he looked chubby when he was doing the stuff for season seven of, of uh, Clone Wars. But like recent pictures, he looks he, he slimmed down like he lost some weight. So maybe he, Ray's one of the he's just one of these fucking magic humans that I'm sure can go up and down at the snap of a finger. I mean, he is he's always going to be fit is what I'm saying. Yeah. Even, even if he's packing an extra 20 or 30, I guarantee he still could do like a double leg kick flip, uh, like some wild shit that doesn't look like a human should be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. He uh, just knows how to move his body. Like these people, like uh, even Lauren, I wish we could have had her on because she, I've, she worked with Ray and they, they're both martial arts masters to begin with. They weren't stunt people to start their martial arts led into the stunt stuff. And you can see the difference between just a, a stunt, stunt person and someone that started in martial arts or gymnastics. The way these people can manipulate their body is just, it's not real. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little disturbing from time to time. It's like, what? It's you can insane. do that? It's like, <laughs> why, why does gravity not affect you like it affects my little short fat ass? Yeah. Like, I feel, I feel like I'm stuck to the earth and these people are doing, they can jump so high in the air that they twist their body twice and do a flip before they hit the ground. Pretty so fucking for them. incredible. So, but yeah, he is very cryptic. Like Nick's not kidding. Even if you look at just regular shots, he's got like a hat there with a mall in the background. Mm-hmm. Someone did some mall art for him. So he he's very uh, mall centric on his Instagram. And there's that towel thing. So I, maybe that is the book of towel or towel. Is it Taoism? Taoism, yeah. I'm guessing that's a form of Buddhism, which would would make sense for Ray Park. Yeah, uh, it, it does kind of fit with his brand. But 
Yeah, so no real news on on Maul. I mean, we got we got a couple of posts on the IG. It could be that he got some news and he's getting juiced up, and you know maybe he'll be in Andor, Kenobi. Maybe they're fuck. Maybe they are doing Solo too as a series. It seems like Disney Plus is their is their new cash cow, and they called him up and they're like, "Hey, Ray, we just announced eleven Disney Plus shows. Do you want to be number twelve? And and let's go. And we'll see. He's like, "Fuck yeah, yeah." And shit, that means Hold Sam on, would we, come we back. Got a, we got a fresh news. Fresh news alert. Fresh, fresh news. news alert. Uh, and this comes from the intern, actually. Oh, shit. He's actually doing something. Uh, well, I know he's a comic guy, but it looks like right now that Charles... It's been announced that Charles Soule, who's like the main Star Wars writer of comics and books at this point in time is going to be doing Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, and it is starring Boba Fett. Okay. So, new All right, so here, here, here's, a, here's a synopsis. The main story that we're dealing with is a Boba Fett-focused crime epic that involves Boba Fett going up against some of the heaviest hitters in the galaxy. It's Jabba the Hutt. It's Black Sun. It's Darth Vader and a bunch of others. Factions and so on. That I think will be really interesting for fans. It's basically Boba Fett by himself against all these people. Damn. Okay. So building more legend behind the 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 Boba Fett. That's good. That's good. I like yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, just another quick timeline uh, synopsis. By the time the War of the Bounty Hunters mir- miniseries begins, so it's going to be a miniseries, which means you know maybe Probably four, like five, five, six. Yeah, like five. Uh, Boba Fett is no longer in possession of Han Solo. The story seems destined to reveal how Fett reclaims his prize ahead of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, very cool. I'll probably check check that out, especially because it's going to be a miniseries. But thank you there, intern. Look at that. A live alert on the Star Wars Time show. We're back. We're almost in our usual time slot to finish out episode 149 here. Yeah. Uh, But alas, it is time to move on to that fan segment, right? It is. We got... One little piece of the the sideshow collectible news here, and then moving right into our top five. Oh yeah, I didn't even pull up the you old. Did. Uh, you didn't hit it. the old. Uh, what's he? I I can get it real quick. But it's, what what Nick is talking about is we've got the tease, and it is truly a tease at this point in time. So there's really not much the time. Full image to, to to sit here and kind of circle jerk over this thing. But I I mean, if you're a collector. If you're a capitalist, you knew this was coming. <laughs> you knew Hot Toys, especially based on all the other Mandalorian one six scales figures they put out. You knew they were eventually going to tease their Neo Boba Fett, and that's exactly what we got. Uh, and it is it is full on Neo. It is not the painted Neo Fett. It's the acid wash Neo Fett, if you will. Uh, you know, he's got the little bit of the uh, the paunch there. You know, he he ate well when he was outside. No, I'm just kidding. Remember, he's got all the padding, people. It's all the padding. But it is, it's going to be the Boba Fett we saw in episode six of season two of The Mandalorian. Once he finally dons his ancestral armor again, I can hear the sound right now. It's like, I mean, Ludwig obviously nailed the theme song of Mandalorian, but I, I actually think the theme he made for Boba Fett could be his greatest contribution to the franchise at this point because it's that doom da doom da doom da 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 doom 
da, doop da. It's like anytime I hear that now, I'm waiting for Fett to drop out of the sky, drop some grenades on my face, <laughs> and then crack me with a gaffy stick. There we go. Um, but this is all we have. I mean, I yeah. don't even think you can pre-order them yet. Probably going to be in the $260 range, and I would assume the earliest we're going to get our hands on them will be uh, late 2022. Yeah. All you got uh, so. is a RSVP list to join. So if you want to do that and you have a Sideshow account, you can sign in and then sign up for that RSVP list. But yes, all we see is this nice midsection of Neo Boba. I hope they I hope one of the uh one of the uh accessories with him is the Tamira cowboy hat. Yes. Dude, that would be that would be sick. Fuck yeah. I would love yeah. Whoever oh, sideshow, yeah, if you listen, if you're listening right now, which you are, cowboy hat. Put it in there. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 right on. Yeah, they're on it. I, I I bet it is a pretty bland accessory type of figure, though. Yeah, I mean, you got to uh, figure I, what gaffy stick you get the you it, know. probably probably his pistol. I want to see if know. they do anything with this, like if they give you like an attachment to like. Oh, the yeah. Thing. Good call. Like like where he says, hey, this is this is me. Chainco. I'm Boba Fett. Have you seen the <laughs> have you seen the parody of that scene? Nick? Dude, there's so many of them. It's the one where he pulls up the dancing Boba Fett at Disney. He's like, you see, this is me, Boba Fett. And it's, 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 you know, it's, it's what they used to do at Disney where they bring him out in front of like the, uh, the Endor, Endor shield generator door looking thing. Right by Star Tours. They're doing like hip hop dances. And he's like, see this, this is my father. And it's Django like dancing on the set doing shit. And Mando's just like, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I like There's, it. It's been memes so many times. Like I saw one where it was like a Pokemon card. He's like pulled it up. He's like holographic Charizard first edition. <laughs> God damn. I love the internet when it's not worried about cancel culture and shit. That is, that's what the internet's for. It's to, to, to meme out Tamara Morrison acting out Boba Fett trying to prove his armor belongs to him to Din. No, uh, but yeah, keep an eye out. I'm sure uh, I'm definitely getting this figure, uh, even though I know a lot of you think I'm a Boba hater. I love Neo Boba. I've said it a thousand times and, and I need to get this. I think this is going to be a great look in one six scale. All right, dude. So getting into the fan segment, we're going to kick off with the fan question of the week, as we usually do. Let me pull up the, the old new pared down fan segment yes. of the week. I, we I, did I, it. I, I'd, I'd adhere to uh, Nick's directive, although I can't count and I still pick six anyways. <laughs> so, uh, that was not intentional. I think it's because I loaded the story one first and forgot and then grabbed some of the comments. It's all but good. It is what it is. Um, but, but Nick's right. I mean, it, this is a segment that, you know, you maybe uh, try to earn uh, new people, leave good comments, you'll get picked. But we are going to limit the fan question of the week responses that are read on the show to about five a week these days to try to rotate in some some new fans and just get better uh, responses. So let me go ahead and, and pop up the slack. There we go. All right. So the question was, and yes, there was there was a some hidden intentions behind this without me just coming out and saying, fuck Cara Dune. She sucks. Right? No, I, I, I kept it pretty, uh, pretty open ended. And the question was favorite female star Wars character and why go. 
All right. So first up, I think we got yep, my buddy Darth Hideous. I know he he hasn't been read in a few weeks, and you know he always puts his time in. So he I figured, he puts you an know effort, what? If nothing, I'll, 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 I'll give him I'll give him a shout this week. So here he goes, Darth Hideous, aka Star Wars Toys seventy three. This is a tough choice. I do like the character of Jyn Erso. She's tough, capable, and ruthless. While she endured a lot in her short life and ultimately secured the downfall of the Empire, suffered the loss of her father and made the ultimate sacrifice on Scarif, she's just not as compelling as Asajj Ventress. This badass bitch went from slave to Jedi Padawan to Sith Assassin to Night Sister to Bounty Hunter. Plus survived assassination by her master and death at the hands of the Jedi on several occasions. She plays a key role in the reemergence of Maul through his brother Savage Opress. Her story is tragic being that she's betrayed by everyone she trusts until she cannot allow herself to trust anyone again. All in all, she is one powerful female, force-using agent of chaos. She would have made a super badass Sith. It's a good call. I mean, I think that, like, Ventress is probably one of the the most underappreciated characters in all of Star Wars. Right. Because she is like, she's just looked at as a bad guy or a bad girl. Like, she's just like, she's just the villain. And nobody really does look at kind of all of those things that, that Boss Jan Darth Hideous calls out here. Yeah, like, I mean... She she has a, a defined arc in the Clone Wars. It is a defined arc. I mean, she goes from being Dooku's Padawan to being basically cast aside like they do uh, to going back to her home world, relinking with them. And ultimately, she ends up helping Ahsoka, who's being wrongly persecuted by the Jedi. Uh, plus all the comic book shit that I, I'm not too well versed on. And I, I don't know, I, I, I got a little thing for her too. I, I just, fe- Star Wars female aliens just do something for me. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, yes, she she looks much more humanoid than my 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 uh, Twilex and Togrutas, but I don't know. Maybe it makes that pale white skin. Yeah, super. She white. always reminded me of of Jack from Mass Effect Two. Yeah, they're very very similar. But I mean, both bald, uh, very pale. I think Jack's got more tattoos. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a character that I I contend. You you can't get her full scope unless you watch the 2003 Clone Wars cartoon. Yeah, like the Guinness. That's what she was. She was created for that, and you really get to see more of her her skill set and powers. I mean, there, there's an entire arc on how she was used to lure Anakin away from the battle and try to kill him, and they have a hell of a fucking fight. Like to the point where Anakin definitely taps into his evil dark, dark side to to beat her. Um, so yeah, man, we, Asajj is, is fantastic Star Wars female, no doubt. Yeah. 100%. All right. All right next I'll, up, I'll give you uh, press pause photography yes. who I believe is Connor press pause photography here. Another one who says this is a tough question. He says for myself, it comes down to two pivotal characters. Cinema in its entirety owes something to carry carries Leia. She broke the mold on what a female character could be in a blockbuster. She's no damsel in distress nor is she helpless. Leia is a valiant hero and politician who has no problem staring Darth Vader in the face, lying to him for the betterment of her cause. Leia flipped the script on what are common cliches even today. Without Leia, it's hard to say what the women in Star Wars might look like. 
Which brings me to my second character, and ultimately my favorite female character, Ahsoka Tano. Ahsoka is a character that faced one of the hardest challenges of any character in the franchise to date. She had to be introduced in a story that featured already beloved and renowned characters. Yet through some careful decision making on the part of Dave Filoni, she was able uh, she was able to grow up with the story, uh, with the show, ultimately. Uh, able to stand with the best in the eyes of her peers and the fans, where once stood a ratty, arrogant, and annoying Padawan developed into a cunning, compassionate Jedi. In fact, I'd argue one of the truest forms of what a Jedi should be. She is what I imagine Anakin would have been had he been trained by Qui-Gon Jinn. Ahsoka and Leia are two unforgettable, necessary gems that make Star Wars what it is. It's a very good... That's how, that's how you get yourself posted these days with Nick's new restrictions. Follow press pause photography. <laughs> yeah, that was very well thought out, very well, uh, you know, spoken, very well written. Um, and he's right. I mean, when it comes down to it, without Leia, you probably don't have the female representation and the, the types of female characters that you have in Star Wars. I mean, that includes everybody from somebody as simple as, you know, Luminara Unduli in the Clone Wars to, you know, Bo-Katan and Rey and all of these other huge figures that are in Star Wars now that, you know, play primary roles in Star Wars now. So it's, I mean, it is, it's like, can you say anybody without even, without mentioning Leia in there as like the, the, the catalyst yeah. to the whole thing? Um, and, and there, there were a lot of layers like in the comments. It, it, I did, I, we do read all the comments. Yeah, so I'll at least we give gotta, you that. We got to find the good ones. Yeah, we, but th there were a lot of layers. So very, very well, well said there from press pause. Indeed. All right. Next up, we got lights, camera, tentacles, and he says this is it's a good, good call out, good pick. I know Matt's gonna appreciate this. It, it, it's very timely. I may start yeah. crying the way I react <laughs> yeah. whenever I hear anything right? about Star Wars Just Rebels keep it, these keep days. A, <laughs> an eye on Matt's tear ducts. Uh, uh, says Harrison Dula, one of the rebellion's founders. Yes, she's one of she the truly is. Yeah. She truly is. She's one of the few non-human characters in an important role. She's understanding, yep. a great leader, has a variety of skills, and stays calm during a crisis, using the chaos to gain the upper hand. She accepts droids as people, and yes. uh, and is an amazing pilot and tactician. All this without being some chosen one or Jedi. She became a general and was active during many important battles. Last time we see her, she got kid, uh, and he's piloting the ghost right beside her. She's great. So Yeah, I mean, I, I clearly, I picked that one because of my recent fascination with Rebels. And, and Nick, I'll tell you what, we, we started, uh, the kid and I, we finished Rebels, so we, we got in the Clone Wars, or so we re-picked up our, our chronological watch. We're about halfway through. We're almost done with season one. And I know it's season one Clone Wars, so it's not a fair comparison because that was that was the genesis of animated Star Wars. Yeah, they were definitely working some things out. They're working out the visuals. They're working out the type of stories they wanted to tell. But I just at least in this early season, I know it'll probably change down the road, but I just do not feel the emotional connection and attachment to these early seasons of Clone Wars that I instantly got with Rebels. And I mean, that could be my my love of the OT era, the fact that Rebels was many years later and they had perfected some of the storytelling and, and how to introduce new characters. But I, I just, it's like the season one of Clone Wars, I'm not quite, the, the old tears aren't flowing 
like Charlie was used to seeing when we'd watch some Rebels. So yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay. Quick drop in here before I read the next question. So this has been circulating on Twitter from multiple outlets, but apparently Ryan Johnson's uh, trilogy is still in the works. Yeah, I saw that too. There's this girl, her name's like Soraya or something, that she somehow has access to a lot of the cast of the sequel trilogy. I believe yeah, she had she'd just done an interview with, with Daisy a few weeks ago where she was dropping some mm-hmm. choice quotes. Yeah. So I believe that's the same person Nick's talking about. And yeah, she, she more or less just said, hey, I don't have any fucking details, but it's still on. They're still thinking about it, right? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. All right, either way, good job there, Lights, Camera, Tentacles. He is the creator of the Cluster Fucks, remember? He does those wild-ass... Yes, Cluster Flux fucking, universe. And, and typically, it shouldn't surprise us that he went with a Rebels character, because most of his, his, his customs are Rebels-based characters. So. Very cool. Um, next up, I love this name. Very well-thought-out uh, name. The oh, Toydarian. Yeah, the Toy Darian does a lot of like fun setups where you can see in his, his it's like uh, Luke smoking a cigarette. Yeah, he's no, he's smoking a big doobie uh, with, with Yoda. Uh, like uh, to, the to, the Toy Darian, his training on Dagobah involved smoking spliffs and rolling blunts. There we go. I think that's a good with, way with, to train. with Master Yoda. Yeah, that's what right. they are doing on Dagobah. Solid way to train. Uh, he says, um, seriously though, my favorite female character is Infus Nest. That's a good like good pull again like really kind of digging deep um yeah. she is a space biker and a total badass i wish we learned more about her as she has a very fascinating backstory and so much potential for the future too i would love to see if she makes an appearance in mando season three or maybe if solo were solo two were to happen which by the way is such an underrated movie he's right um, so he's touching on exactly what we just said and and emphasis would be another character that could have been further developed but there there's a point there too because she is only in solo i don't know if there were any comic type of, of stories centered yeah. around that but she definitely would have potential for rangers and or i mean and or yeah a lot of this a lot of the, like the she's new so timeline, young she's, like that was the yes. big reveal is like when when emphasis finally takes off that mask She's like a teenager. She's like 14, 15, 16 years old. So like if she's that young in that timeline, by the time you get to Mando, she's in her mid 20s, late 20s, which is a a perfect, you know. Yeah, I guess Mando Mando's seven years post uh, ROTJ. And then Solo was a loose, what, eight to 10 years before A New Hope? Yeah. 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 You're probably right. So more like her 30, mid 30s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that she would be perfect age for another Rangers character. But then again, like we already know that she's a part of the rebellion. If you're going into Andor, knowing that this is going to be rebellion focused. That's a good point. Right there. She's, she's there. Get her, get her right in. There's no, I mean, hell, maybe she's one of the people that recruited Cassian. Yeah. I mean, who who knows? Uh, her so. mother. I mean, like, if you go far again, if you go far enough back into Andor, we know that Emphasis' mother was a part of the rebellion, like helped, you know, early times mm-hmm. of the rebellion as well. So, right. So good, good yeah. pull there. The the dot toward Twidarian. Yes. <laughs> um. Next up is. Let me say the name. Yes. Go ahead. Zachawi 
Maguire. I was gonna. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Right? I'm pretty Zachary sure that's Maguire. It's a, I mean, Zachary, Zachary Maguire. like like a little kid saying Zachary. So Zachary oh. Maguire. It's like oh. a little kid pronouncing a name. Dude, that's actually a good fucking catch. I wouldn't. I mean, maybe you're so you're so used to hearing kids speak that it just like boom, you got it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Zachary Maguire. Uh, See, you can't like you can't help yeah, but put on put on do, the accent when you say it. You gotta do the little kid voice. Uh, he's <laughs> another Ventress lover, so he says, "Besides Ventress, what a character and story! Going from Night Sister, Assassin, Sith in training, and becoming a hero to the Republic. Dark Disciple is an amazing book that is made uh, of lost Clone Wars episodes. It's amazing. So yeah, again, like I said, Taylor read the Dark Disciple book. I did not." I may have to 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 pick that up and read it myself. Yeah, apparently it's pretty good. I, yeah. I've I've heard the same from other people as well. Just it's a book though, so it yeah. kind of discounts words me. and shit. Yeah, very hard. But uh, up next, toy dot at dot heart. Yeah, just going going with the new Ray Skywalker because I just resonated with her immediately. Enjoyed her journey throughout the sequel. Yeah, the first time I read that, I was like, did he? Say, he's trying to say reinstated. And then I was like, oh, resonated. Are you? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> got it. Uh, and, and you know what? I I was a huge Ray fan myself. I mean, I I gave my kids middle name of R E Y, so she clearly resonated with me too. I I can't say that I fully enjoyed her journey at this point in time, mostly because of what, what happened uh, with the whole Yuri Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, I, I still love her. Think Daisy is a badass actress, and I hope she doesn't have too much of the Star Wars stink on her, and she does uh, continue to uh, perform her art. Yeah, I mean, I, I I like Daisy as an actress. I think that. As an actress, she did a good job of portraying Ray as she was written. There, I mean, it's un. At this point, it's it's hard to to argue that there there weren't any fumbles with that the story of that character. Um, I think it's very clear in the in the trilogy. But I still do I do like what she what she was in TFA, which she could have ended up being in the, in the story. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say you know? she she had a lot of potential. She had a that's, lot of potential. A- <laughs> yes, she had a lot of potential. Uh, um, but then you know it is what it is so. yeah there we go that is the new reduced version of the fan question of the week uh, week responses so uh get good that that's that's our message here yeah. if you want to get red get good i mean and like we say by all means still reply if you only want yes. to put a two-word answer but only put a two-word answer we appreciate all of the comments coming in but we didn't want to suck up 45 minutes for just the fan question of the week segment anymore. I mean, some of the questions, you know, we would read 10, 12, 15 responses. We'd be it, it was here. turning into the, how the fan segment in general was turning into a full on hour segment. Yeah, and we, we, we love all you. You you make, you know, you, you, you keep us going. Having everyone in the live streams fantastic and the discord's great. Uh, but at some point in time, we, we need to like actually interact with our families as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going on three and a half hours, so I'm going to get us right into this yes. uh, week's version of the top five Star Wars fan arts features of the week. And it is a plus one, which means Nick let me play. So I got the pick and I actually had to go with my second pick. So Nick didn't let me play. He swatted me down. Once I gave him or the idea, you could look he at stole it, it as you got <laughs> both of your picks in. 
Yeah, you're right. <laughs> the one had to make it. Yeah. Like the one, the one had to make it. But anyways, if you're new to this, this is what we do typically at the end of the show. Uh, throughout the week on Instagram, we are scouring our tag of hashtag Star Wars Time Show. We're looking at our, our uh, people that have tagged us in their posts. But the goal is to find any and all Star Wars art that is tagging at Star Wars Time Show and hashtagging Star Wars Time Show to share on at Star Wars Time Show. And then, of course, every week on the live stream, typically on Tuesdays, Nick drops the top five. So you see how it works throughout the week and get featured on our Instagram account and YouTube, or not YouTube, but Facebook. And then if your art makes it into Nick's iconic top five listing and post, you'll be talked about on said show, just like we're doing now. So there we go. Tag us and use the hashtag. Up first, my friend, who do we got? We got at Nicholas underscore Schwetz on Instagram. And this is a really cool concept. So Nicholas is not a toy photographer. He's a digital artist slash photo manipulator. So what we have here is a reimagining of Boba Fett as one of the Green Lanterns. Um, So if you follow the Green Lantern universe and stuff like that, you know that there are multiple Green Lanterns. So what we see here is Boba Fett essentially reskinned it to be all black and green. The background, the slave one is like the... It, it has that like ghost like green translucent quality yeah, it's, like all it's of been the, it's been conjured essentially yeah, by the ring right by, by the ring and you can see he's also holding the dark saber yes. he's got a signature rifle in his hand as well and they got fucking missiles from his jetpack going off in the background too i just thought this was a really awesome concept and he executed it perfectly um even down to making the o and boba fett the ring um i know i I agree i mean this is just a a cool piece of art it's um i I know last week we were just talking about the marvel and star wars crossing over well this piece lets me know that dc and star wars could technically cross over i still wouldn't want it but in art form i dig it and i i think the green lantern is is a perfect superhero to apply to any star wars character because as nick said the power is all in the ring yeah. and your essentially your imagination, which you can conjure up. And I don't know, just it for me, it work it works very well with the character of Boba Fett. Yeah, perfectly. Um, and apparently our fan base liked it too. F- over fifteen hundred likes on this image, so uh, really awesome to see that them resonating with something that's not a toy shot. I know that usually non-toy shots don't do as well on the page but uh you get well, you it guys just really it means there's a, a damn cool piece yeah, of star wars really art really so fucking awesome you know what i'm surprised by man huh that we haven't had any space balls stuff the, the, like the, this like space balls like toy toy photography or like little thoughts on that never pop up maybe there's no figures from space yeah I, I think it's more a lack of figures i, yeah. I don't think space balls ever got figures i can't remember if they did or they didn't okay um, and those of you just joining now, like, hey, now, uh, bat and figure hurts. I, I don't want to. I know you're excited to listen to our, our Gina rant, it wasn't but it actually much of a rant. It, it didn't really end up turning into a rant. It, it was too many days had passed. It's just like, why? I mean, what's the point of, of beating down dummies over and over again? It's just it loses its fun after a while. Um, it's in there. We we definitely discuss it and kind of give our opinions on on why People had a lot of bad takes, and it's not just our opinions of having bad. They're just bad takes. They're wrong. 
but it's not like it's not on the Boba Fett level yeah, of, it's not of a, craziness. Not a full on rant. I, I was I was quite tame for it. It just yeah. it's like same shit she's doing. I could get in trouble for here. So I I, I gotta watch how uh, hyped up I get sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I'm not there. There are nights on a Tuesday where I will sit there and be like, oh, fuck, what did I do today? Yeah, it's um, like you have to be careful with whatever you say if you work in a workplace. And, and you know, it, right now, this is me understanding the importance of uh, responsible free speech and the consequences of said free speech. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, you guys know, you know me, you, you saw some of the stuff in, in Discord just it, this is a black and white issue when it comes to the the Gina Carano thing. There, there's no. It's not opinion based. She fucked up. She paid the price, just like the rest of us would. Yeah. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. There we go. All right. Next. Up next, up. who we got? Next. Oh yeah, this is a first time. This is a first and first. Yes, this is so. Nicholas Schwetz was the first. So that's at n i c o l a s underscore s h v e t s on Instagram. For that awesome Boba Fett Green Lantern mashup piece. And then next up, we have another first timer in the top five. This is at uh, Khaleesi underscore of dot pops, Khaleesi of pops. Uh, and she has an absolutely incredible rendition or recreation of the of a shot with ah- Ahsoka and Grogu um, from Mando. So you see Ahsoka kind of, you know holding Grogu as he's sitting on the rock and leaning in, putting her head against his. I, I believe that's actually a recreation from a shot from the show, right? From, that was in the episode. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, outside of the figure being the uh, Clone Wars yeah. version, it, uh, but who cares, really? I mean, a lot of people use that figure to do Mandalorian Ahsoka shots, but it's just, it, it's 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 beautiful. Yeah. It, it's the atmosphere. It, it just, it feels like a little art piece versus just toy photography. Yeah, and and Khaleesi, like you said here, this is the first first, so the first time you picked it up, and then the first time, like her yeah. first shot on the feed, also makes the top we, five. We've um we've been doing this a lot lately, where I'll do a first time feature on the the Star Wars Time Show Instagram account, and then you'll instantly nominate them for a top five, up. which just means, hey, Khaleesi of Pops, beautiful work, and if you job look at well her done feed too. I mean, she's kind of going the way of you, Matt. Like she, she is primarily a pop photographer, but she's starting to sprinkle in some of these other figures, some of these, ah, you know, yeah. black series figures, some of these uh, different style of of, of figures. Into well, her Nick, work. It, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> uh, uh, over time, over time, I think we start to feel like, ooh, look what they can do with posable figures. I want to try that too, and then it, it just kind of takes over i mean who knows if calicia pops will be like me and retire from altogether and start selling them for thousands of dollars but uh, you're not wrong it definitely seems like uh, started as a pop photography account which there's nothing wrong with it that's where i started i actually think they're great figures to take pictures of because you eliminate a lot of thought you just set them up put them in a nice little scene uh, but her her shot of a Ahsoka and Grogu is just it's choice. Oh yeah, That's what I like to say it's choice. It's, it it is it really is a beautiful representation of these two characters in the moment that they share together on Corvus. I yeah. mean, it, it and is that absolutely. is as Nick said, it is a it is a direct scene recreation. Yeah, and I know I, I when I type it, it probably looks like recreation. Just know if I ever type awesome scene 
<laughs> R-E-C, creation. I mean recreation, not recreation. I yeah. just don't feel like doing hyphens no, and bullshits. No, you don't need that in there. But yeah. yes, All this right. is at Khaleesi underscore of dot pops on Instagram. Go give her a follow. Um, and then, you know, support her in her move or her mixing in of black series and pop figures. There you go. Yeah, I would, I'd actually like to check in on this count a year from now and see, see. if it just goes full into figures and the pops kind of stay left behind Stay in the background. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll be watching your career with great interest. That's Khaleesi right. I mean, it's, it, it is a movement. I, I'm going to, I'll say I started the movement, even though I'm not that good, <laughs> but Rob Chase is another one that yeah. made excellent Funko pop art, but is now kind of crossed into the yeah. figures. Rob, Rob almost made the top five again. I know we just had Rob in there with, last week with that, that Kylo that Funko Kylo pop was fucking, fucking slick looking dude. It's yes. Real, I, I, real. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah. So, all right. Next up in the top five this week, we got at Tong Wars, our good friend. I know he's sometimes in the chat. I don't know if he is now, but this Tong Wars, I mean, this is, this is classic tong wars as in right i believe <laughs> a shot like this is what first drew our eyes to his account yeah. probably almost two years ago at this point or a year and a half however long we've been doing this thing but it's like he he rolls out you, you've got this beautiful i don't know if this is a, a set or a sunrise uh, there's some water in there for reflections and he just lines up his his lego vehicles in this case it looks like the first order uh, walkers, yeah. Kylo's command shuttle, first order ties, Kylo's silencer. Yep. But but it, it's a it's a landscape shot. So yeah, there's Star Wars toys in it, but they're uh, they're Legos, but they almost look real because of the of the landscape photography. Of the shot, yeah. It, yeah, it's just the, the the fucking sun. I mean, you you could remove the Star Wars toys, and it's still a fucking yeah. It's still a, a beautiful shot of just beautiful the shot. <laughs> Yeah, and if that, that's look, what I'm trying to get to. If you look on Tong's page too, right before he shared this one, he shared another one of like of of the silencer of Kylo and his silencer getting followed yeah. by like in uh -huh. a dog chase with Poe. And dude, that is like fucking mind blowing. Unbelievable. Like it's just the way that Tong can get these shots, these real like in environment shots. Like he's got another one. This is from December of last year, though. Imperial Lander coming down, like, oh my god, man! Like, it blows my mind. Yeah, he um, Tong Wars excels at doing appropriate sized Lego scenes, right? Yeah. Like he's he's great at those too. But he also excels at bringing these tiny ass Legos into our world and making them look life size. Yeah, perfect. And that, that's kind of the shot we're looking at right now is one of his real life Lego shots. And these dude, these things are tiny. Yeah. Yet the way he shoots it, the the perspective, it, it makes them look like they are they are bearing down on the camera to shoot the shit out of them, just like Kylo tried to blow the shit out of his uncle Luke. Yeah. Right? More. More. More! <laughs> oh man. But uh, yeah, man, this shit is just is so good. It's so good. I I, I love Richard's work. It's just yep. unquestionably like. Him, Ray, uh, you know, the we have a couple other really good Lego photographers. Yeah, that Sith, Sith Load, I think. Sith you Load said, of Lego. Right? Sith Load of Lego is always up there. But th those guys just make this shit, make this shit that's literally this fucking big sometimes, like yeah. an inch big, just makes them look as real to life as possible. It's, uh, it's incredible. Totally. 
Totally. So at Tong Wars, you will not be disappointed. If if you like Legos, if you like Star Wars, uh, you can't find a better page out there. Yeah. At Tong. Hell, if you just like fucking landscape photography, (laughs) you can't find a better account out there. Wipe out the Star Wars stuff. You got some beautiful landscape shots. I mean, this dude must live in like the most beautiful area in wherever he lives, whatever country he's in. Because well, she'll probably tell us like, hey, it's just it's in my backyard. Dug a hole in my backyard. Puddle. Yeah. Put some (laughs) sprayed some hose water on it. If you, if you look to the right a bit, you could see a dog turd. But, hey. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe, maybe. But next up, this so Matt, this was your first oh choice for your top yeah. one. This is... This is, uh, like you said, this is the mastermind, the creative mastermind at work. I'm at a loss less. for words already. I mean, uh, what we're looking at, if you're in the community and this shot came up, you're on the stream, you instantly go, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. This is from at work, more or less. Uh, him and the, the C3PO bros, or whatever their little tag is. They they finally started doing shots again together. So last week it was work more or less sweat picks and black series. They they teamed up to do shots of Jar Jar. But what at work more or less cooked up is just pure genius. Like this is savant level creativity. All right. He took a shot of Jar Jar as if he was on set with George Ahmed. Uh, Liam, Liam, uh, Ewan, <laughs> Ewan, back in the in the mid nineties, because it is a shot of Ahmed wearing the Jar Jar getup that he had to use on set, so the other actors knew where to look with their eyes. Yeah, and everyone that has seen Phantom Menace, you've watched behind the scenes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. He essentially wore. Jar Jar's head on top of his head like a hat. He had these these goggles that went over his eyes. And then he would wear the Jar Jar body costume, and then that's how they would execute scenes. So Jason recreated all this with fucking action figures perfectly. Yeah, literally perfectly. Like, it, it is scary how accurate he got to that fucking, like, what actually happened on screen. Like, it it is mind-blowing. And he shows you the way he did it, too. So to, to make Ahmed's face, he actually took the uh the the finn figure he took finn's head popped it off put the put the jar jar head on top of it drew on like ahmed's face (laughs) facial hair and then put the like created that little visor he made he made the visor too like it was recycled because i read his whole tutorial because that's one thing jason does like he breaks it down he gives you reference shots. I mean, this is why at work, more or less, you got to be following because he teaches you how he does his magic. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be able to pull it off the way he does, but he kind of gives you that peek behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz. But I mean, e- even the goggles he made out of recycled plastic and then like tinted it and shit. He put car tint on little fucking glasses for an action figure. Dude, that is mine. That is the level of dedication. Nick, I know you weren't here for uh, at Bud Futu, but he, his, his tips that he was leaving the community was, listen, time, study, study it, pull up a scene, measurements. Take your time. Who gives a shit if you throw up a post right away? Yeah. Perfect it. And and that's that's what work more or less does. That, that's what he lives by. Uh, just the fact that he cooked this up and then executed it using 1999 figures in terms of cash, 20 bucks a pop. And, and the resulting image he got is it's just masterful. Yeah. 
Like, and this is something again like if, if i was working at lucasfilm if i was med best i know he tagged them if i saw it i'd be like what the, someone fucking hire this guy to do something yeah it's like what, what can jason i'm sure there is something that jason <laughs> i can know do he, he works he, he does great i mean he he runs his own fucking design agency yeah. essentially but now you know why now you know why people like jason do work for themselves when they come up with ideas like this for fun like this is a fucking hobby and he cooked this up and executed it. And it is, I mean, the photography's photography. To me, this is, this is the embodiment of the toy photography space. This is what we do. We try to recreate things that we've seen from Star Wars. And the fact that he is recreating behind-the-scenes scenes from Star Wars with such levels of perfection, is it's just ridiculous. Yeah. You're getting too damn good, Jason. Stop it. Dude, even if you look at the like looking at the pulled out shot, not the one that because we shared the first one, the yeah, pulled I, out I, shots I, even crazier because he's got extras in there. He's oh got yeah, like it's, it's, set they're, they're on set. He's know? got the fucking blue screen. He's got the blue, he's got screen, the blue screen, screen. He's got full sand. He's got like everything. Like he went to the nth degree to make yeah. this as accurate as possible. It is mind blowing. It's, uh, it's his his imagination is insane and then the ability like i said to actually carry out his visions i mean a lot of us can sit there and imagine stuff it's having the skills the patience the ability to then execute it and yeah. uh, work more or less is he's one of the best out there when it comes to that type of stuff perfect i mean it's literally Just, dude perfect dude's always thinking outside the box yep at work more or less on Instagram. Give him a follow. He's just a shade under that 20K. He's at 19.9 thousand followers right oh, now. Oh, shit. He'll, he'll be there yeah, by the yeah. next time he's featured on the Star Wars <laughs> time right. show. That's right. So uh, beautiful work at work more or less. Uh, last one for the official top five before we get into Matt's top one. It's from at the Corellian Smuggler, and it's a dark side ray shot. We don't get a lot of dark side ray shots. I like the dark side ray shots. I wish we would have got more dark side ray in the movie, in fact. Um, but this shot here, I really love it because this is what the mistress of the Sith would look like, in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's a it's a good shot of a figure that's hard to shoot, because I have this one. And and she's kind of like the the nihilist where everything's rubber and connected. Yeah, like, that that's a rubber hood. It, it's basically glued to her head. So she so so Corellian smuggler like threw on a soft goods kind of cape in the back then. To no, to get... she she's got a bit of okay, that. It's just some. like getting her head to look right is what I'm trying to say. He yeah. did a great job here. And you are right. It is a. Uh, that's the embodiment of what she would have looked like. Yeah. You know, she doesn't look angry. She doesn't look tense like Kylo. She looks calm, collected, and ready to kill. Yeah, exactly. And I also love how he added in, like, some debris flowing around right, the bottom yeah. and top. of. It's almost like she's standing there and, like, the force is just, like, whipping stuff around exactly. her. Exactly. You, you know, know just, she's just using it to create this this atmospheric presence around herself. Right, like like when Superman puts his hand down to the ground and the rocks start yeah, to levitate. To, I mean, it's... That, that type of stuff. Yeah, man. I just really like it. I know that Ray is, is one of the... One of the more, I don't want to say ignore it, because I don't know the full toy photography space. I see what we share. I see what, you know, our community puts up there as well. But Ray is one of the ones who's definitely fallen out of favor recently with a lot of toy photographers. I, I mean, really, Nick, all, all the sequel trilogy yeah. has kind of fallen off the face of the earth. Yeah. Everyone's reverted back to 
prequel Mando. OT. I mean, Ma- yeah. Mando's kind of over overshadowed that at this point. Yeah, uh, that's that's what you're seeing. It's just, and they're not going to make sequel trilogy figures anymore. I mean, they have no reason to unless they they set another property within that timeline. Yeah, you're very, yeah, very true. So, uh, but it is cool to see somebody take this shot. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it. it makes it me really want to nice. shoot mine and quit being a lazy asshole. <laughs> there but. we go. So um, at the Corellian Smuggler with the awesome dark side ray shot. I also like the lightsaber effects he threw on there too. A little lens yeah. flare there. A little bit of... Uh, De- definitely good work from the Corellian Smuggler. Indeed. All right, Matt. So this is your second option top one because as That's you right. said, I stole your first one. Uh, so tell us They're tell always us top it. ones to me, Nick. Yeah. No one's ever second place to me. You're <laughs> the one that, that sets numbers like that. But yeah, my... my uh, my backup in case Nick was going to go with work more or less is Jar Jar Binks behind the, or Jar Jar behind the sinks shot was a, a recent shot from at wretched.hive. Another one of my personal favorites, uh, pretty much anything dude puts out. I enjoy, he's got a very defined style, which you can see in the shot, which is of the new Bo-Katan. So you get that, you get to see the new black series Bo-Katan uh, as well as uh, the heavies behind her and one of the loyalists. But it's it's like he's envisioning the moment she regains the dark saber. Yeah, she's holding it in front of her. You can tell there's a strong sense of pride in her, and however she was able to get it. And then you can see the other Mandos essentially taking a knee, or or bending the knee bending towards the knee. her. Yeah, uh, letting her know, like, all right, you are ah, you are the one. You have earned the sword in combat, or if that matters this week or next week, who knows? But she's got the dark cyber, but dark saber. But wretched hive, like it just always gets the lighting right, the atmosphere right, and the the setup. And yeah. you know, it always does the kind of the up and down the the portrait type of shots. So it's that essentially shot for Instagram, the four by five aspect ratio. Uh, they're just it's an eye catcher right like yeah. it just it's hard to not look at this because of, you know dark saber effects are very nicely done the, the lighting is is somewhat muted by it looks like some soft proofing but that just kind of adds to the the airiness of it like the the atmosphere kind of that ah uh, type of feel uh, even gotta like the the helmets just a little stuff like that like yeah. she took her helmet off to look at it but it's down on the ground you can still see it in view so it's just a, it's a nice setup scene nicely lit scene and again, just a, a nicely staged shot of of Miss Catan Crees, Bo Catan Crees. Yes, definitely agree. It's a very, very good representation of Bo Catan. Um, so yeah, that is the top one. Uh, that's the top five, and that's the end of the show. I know that I've only been here for about two hours, but Matt's oh, been here for about I, four hours. I apologize. Hours, so. I mean, I'll, I'll apologize to Nick and the, a lot of you. You probably saw me on camera, but I was I was definitely starting to fade fade out there at the end because I, I still got a good part of my day left got a workout and then got about five hours worth of lecturing tonight so I, I was starting to feel the pain but hey I had a good time we did the fucking Star Wars time show we, we had a guest to lead off at Bud Futu at Blue Harvest Studios if you missed it check it out he was fun to talk to I think he gave you uh, he gives some great down-to-earth tips for those that hey like the backpack during a pandemic and get stuck in Malaysia for almost a year uh, and those that want to start making dioramas for their uh, toy photography shots. Uh, so check it out. And how can you find that? Well, just go over to StarWarsTime.net. It'll be up there sometime tomorrow. But more importantly, that is home base. 
That is our Masasi Temple. That is our Yavin 4. That's our Echo Base before it gets infiltrated. All our topics are going to be on StarWarsTime.net. But more importantly, for new listeners, if there are new listeners, please be new listeners. You can find information to get yourself linked up to the podcast on whatever platform you like. And if we don't have the platform you like, you're just listening on the wrong platform because we got all the good ones. The big ones, they're there. The Spotify's, the TuneIn's, which are uh, the Stitcher's, which are now Sirius's. Who knows? We got them. You can find them on StarWarsTime.net. Get subbed up. And, and more importantly, if you're subbed up and you've been subbed up on any of the platforms, rate and review that's to us it's the same as giving us money we don't have any patreon buttons we don't lock any of our podcast shows we don't hide any of our content that's because we want you to like us we want you to rate and review and tell the search engine overlords why other people need to find the star wars time show when they take their chubby fingers to a keyboard and say hey good or the best star wars podcast with enough ratings and reviews and subs, subscribers, followers, whatever you want to call it, Google will bend the knee to the SWTS and show prospective fans of the SWTS why they should be listening to the Star Wars Time Show. You long timers, you know why. Keep spreading the word. You are our disciples. All right? Bring us the flock. You know, all you have to remember is StarWarsTime.net. Okay, so write that down. StarWarsTime.net. And they'll go, oh, why? Oh, there's always time for Star Wars time. They'll go like, oh, really? And then you go, no. Remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.